caricature. This was a this was a political platform. This was a political party. And what I started recognizing is I I, I named them the I don't know what I call I call it the pedophile network doctrines. Okay, yeah. it's what, like they include things like separate children from parents because parents are a bad influence. The state knows best. Sexualize kids. Let them see pornography too. Three, take God out of education because that's just getting U.S. is the number one consumer of child sex. Mexico, number one provider. Okay, okay, Tim. You live in the most powerful country in the world. You have the technology, the intelligence, the money, the, the, you know, the army, the police, everything. How come we don't finish this problem in the United States? And he said, because it's not a priority. It's not a priority. Okay, let me tell what this case does. This case is not about American justice. I think it convinces all of America that we don't have justice anymore. It's about a Biden cover-up. And honestly, it's a slap in the face to every American who was ever arrested, prosecuted, convicted, and went to jail for cocaine possession. with resistance chicks we're your hosts leah and michelle what a week it has been for sound of freedom oh it's been awesome jim caviezel and tim ballard have been doing a media blitz going everywhere they possibly can sounding the call of freedom right talking about the film talking about sex trafficking modern day slavery now Jim Caviezel pulls no punches, calling out the three-letter agencies. That sounds like conspiracy theory kind of stuff. Like, that's the stuff that we're supposed to talk about, not a mainstream actor, okay? But sex trafficking is real. Now, Troy Nels has been questioning Christopher Ray on, hey, you know, what happened to those FBI agents that were supposed to be on the sex trafficking? What happened to that? Now, speaking of perversion, we've got Joe Biden also nibbling and sniffing a baby. Yeah. What is that? Nim, 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 he, nim, nim. He, it's like the creepiest He literally video. like eats a child. <laughs> so now, not, so now we've got cannibalism. It. So you're not going to want to miss Don't it. Don't go anywhere. We've got that and so much more in this week's top headline news stories right after these amazing messages. Do you know what? The Brighteon producers are the literal sunshine of the world. Their air conditioning at the Brighteon studios right now is out. They are working in the heat. I'm telling like wringing sweat buckets. Okay. The, to literally get this t- show going. Yes, oh my t- taking up their cross to follow him oh, to bring man. you guys this amazing content. The show must go on. The show must go on. Oh my god. Doesn't get any better than that. This is why you gotta support the Brighteon Network. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you guys. Okay, so speaking of taking up your cross. Yeah. Tim Ballard and Jim Caviezel have been taking up their cross. They have been traveling everywhere. They were interviewed by Russell Brand. Tim Ballard was interviewed in studio by Tim Poole. Mm -hmm. And then what is the other guy, the other actor with the the Hispanic name? Yeah, um, Montego. Just say it really fast. I don't know what his name is. Put a little accent on it and it's fine. 
they've been going on this amazing media blitz. Why? Because people are so hungry for it. Every video that we do talking about Sound of Freedom gets thousands of views. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's like, I, what's the latest? Why? Because people are ready to take action mm -hmm. and stop this monstrosity that is happening worldwide. It is happening worldwide. And I, I would like to add a caveat because we're going to play some videos for you. And after the initial rush of the first week and there was this great high and we're all excited and it's breaking these boundaries and hitting number one, hitting number one. And then it's hitting number one again. I have selling um, out seats. We have some theaters. friends in Texas and there's a theater that's only open on the weekends and they're opening up their, it's like, it's one of those cute little like historic theaters and they're open Friday through Sunday and they are opening up Wednesday and Thursday just because of sound of freedom. Come on. It's absolutely amazing. But let me warn you guys about things that are being shared right now. Mm -hmm. Because the devil is going to come in and attack. He tried to attack from the outside, and we all saw that. Right. The Rolling Stone calling it the QAnon conspiracy and all these different things. But most people don't know who QAnon is. And the only people that it would offend would be people seeing the movie anyways. Mm. Okay? So it's not going to stop you from seeing the movie. Right. So now I believe there are attacks from within. So I didn't know this, but Tim Ballard has has been pushed out of Operation Around Railroad. Yeah. He said he's been pushed out and he had to resign right before the movie was released. Wow. He has a new organization, and we'll talk about that, and they are going to be funding the saving of kids. Then Greg Reese has a Greg Reese report, which I haven't seen, about Angel Studios and how uh, Angel Studios is pointing people to a possible sex trafficking rescue that might be connected to the Clintons or something. Let us be careful to not get the eye off the prize. Come on. Saving these kids. And if we start going after, well, is this person really saving kids? And is this just happening? And, and doing the whole, this is what the devil does. He divides. He keeps, well, he keeps our movement mm -hmm. constantly in a questioning state, never settling on a good answer. I would say, number one, let's pray. Number two, Tim Ballard has been rescuing kids for years. He is a good man. He is a godly man. But guess what? Even in the midst of rescuing kids, it's not all going to be cut and dry, and it's certainly not all going to be pretty. And you're working with sex traffickers, and you're working with some pretty evil people, and there are a lot of accusations that are going around. Some of them saying that they have perpetuated the sex trade by encouraging traffickers to bring them kids. Well, I say to that, well, at least you got the trafficker. Yeah. Okay, well, you know what I mean? You're going to catch the person. This is what a setup looks like. There's That's no what it looks it. like. Do the people that are criticizing this have a better answer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I want to encourage you guys, whatever you do, don't get on the conspiracy bandwagon of the conspiracy behind the, the sound of freedom. Because that will lead you to darkness and to impotence and not being able to save the kids. Exactly. All right. So I want to play this first video for you where Jim Caviezel is on Steve Bannon. And he calls out this treasonous cabal. And I'm telling you, the devil is sly and he's wicked. And he's like a virus that keeps evading um, antibiotics. 
And so we brought the fire of antibiotics last week. Come on. And this week, even more theaters being filled. Yes. And so the, the virus is evading. And so what we need to do is keep shining the light of the disinfectant of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not relent. Do not give up. Keep seeing this movie. Keep sharing this movie. And shoot down those arguments because you have to recognize, oh my goodness, that's the devil again. That's the devil again, wanting me not to save the kids, okay? There are literally, by the government statistics, there are 2 million children being sex trafficked right now. I don't care if, I don't care if Jeffrey Epstein was going around saying watch the movie. <laughs> watch the movie. Yeah. Okay? Go out and tell people to end sex trafficking, which he couldn't do because he'd be shining a light on himself. Okay? So let's roll this clip. Who bore that beautiful child. You are going to have something hell to pay for, for what you've done. Media, I'm not afraid of you at all. You Satan, that's right. You three-letter agencies that have gone along with this wickedness, that have torn these children from our mother's wombs. I'm talking, really, these are the wicked here, but there's another group of wicked, those that stand in the middle that do nothing, that allow this to occur. And, you know, a, a beautiful woman told me that you have the good and you have the evil, but in the middle you have the fence, and the devil owns that fence, and you are on top of it. you got to decide what you want. It seems that you don't want a republic anymore, that you don't want life, liberty, in the pursuit of happiness. And you think like, oh, let Steve Bannon do it. Let, let someone like Donald Trump do it. They'll take care of it for me. No, it's all going to be gone because God is going to put a wrath on this nation like you've never understood. There's going to be fire and brimstone on this earth like you've never seen. He's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he doesn't take care of what is happening here now. And you can kill the most innocent when he was in conception. You can first trimester, second, third trimester, partial birth abortion, now killing a baby 28 days after it's born. My God, how, what is that for? Why, why would you, how does that save the mother's life? You know, or do you need the, the organs from that baby? Is that why you need it? Or the organ harvesting you don't want me to talk about? Or the adrenochrome, you elites, you elite leaders in this world. And understand, America, there are leaders that you don't even know about that are controlling this whole world system. Those guys that I'm talking to right now. My Lord and Savior is coming after you, and I'm not afraid of you. I'm not. Remember this to the people out there. Don't be afraid of those that can kill. You know, I love this fearlessness coming out of Jim Caviezel. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, he's just calling. This is just the devil. And when you know that it's the devil, it's like, oh, it's just you, Satan. And he does another comparison in another clip where he talks about, you know, so many times people think that it's Satan and God fighting it out like this. It's like, no, God could just throw Satan. Satan is already defeated, by the way. It's God and Satan. And God says that I have given you all power over all the power of the enemy. That's it. Full stop. We're done. Did you know that there's going to be a special screening of The Sound of Freedom? Where? At, at like, Trump's place? Donald, Donald Trump. That's awesome. Donald Trump is hosting a Sound of Freedom 
So Donald Trump to host Sound of Freedom stars at a special screening. So Donald Trump is hosting Sound of Freedom at his resort in Bedminster, New Jersey. Um, and I believe it's the film producer Eduardo Verastigue and Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard will all be there. Wow. That's awesome. This is really exciting. Yeah. So Stephen Miller is one of Trump's speechwriters, and he's like his right-hand man. So he brought up the fact that Tim Ballard met with Trump four years ago. Wow. Before this movie came out. But it was it must have been after the film was made. Remember, the film was made five years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? So after the film, right after the film is made, mm-hmm. and then Tim meets with Trump. Tim meets with Trump. Now, this is what's so amazing is that you remember how illegal immigration basically stopped under Trump? Mm-hmm. People were afraid to come over the border. Yeah. That means the sex trafficking stopped under, over, under Trump because exactly. he sat with Tim Ballard and Tim Ballard actually was one of the people that encouraged him to build the wall. Wow. And that's why the Democrats don't want you to build the wall. Because they want the sex trafficking. They want all the trafficking and a handful of Republicans. So there was an article out from Breitbart that um, said that uh, a handful of Republicans and Democrats are shooting for um more amnesty for uh, farm workers. Now, let me explain something. And we're going to, this all ties in together. The amnesty for the farm workers would actually also include a wage wage freeze. And what does that do? This wage freeze on farm workers makes it so that your food prices don't go up. So America is a capitalist society, supposedly, but it's not. It's a slave-based society. Mm. And they have just renamed and re- and they've redone it. So why not let the wages for what it would cost to pay somebody to want to do the job yeah. of harvesting your food mm-hmm. continue to go up? Well, then Americans would have to pay more for food. Well, then Americans would have to pay more for food. Okay, because every single industry is allowed to raise their prices. But when the food industry wants to raise their prices, then the elites and the CEOs take a big cut and they want to keep wages down. So there's a lot to the illegal immigration. There's sex trafficking. There is just regular human human trafficking trafficking for work. Exactly, for work. So over to Stephen Miller, a small studio produced film managed by managed to best a big budget icon action hero franchise from Disney on July 4th. You would think that would make for the media an interesting story, both with the success of that small film and the failure of the iconic Indiana Jones the fifth. But that is not the tale being told about the Angel Studios Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom has largely been a crowdsourced word of mouth success. Our national media has therefore decided to make it their latest target in their attempt to paint all things successful out of their purview as another right-wing moral panic and conspiracy. Honing in on the film and the film star, Jim Caviezel, who literally played Jesus, The Guardian, The Rolling Stone, CNN, and The Post, Washington Post, have all browned Sound of Freedom, a QAnon conspiracy-adjacent film, because the movie concerns child trafficking and its star has expressed sympathies for the fringe online group. CNN has accused the film of stoking a moral panic around child trafficking. Michelle, if maybe one or two children around the world were trafficked, I could see that we might be stoking a moral a panic. panic. Right. But two million. Two million. Two million. Let's panic. I think we need to panic. 
All right, so remember Rolling Stone labeled the film a QAnon-tinged thriller about child trafficking designed to appeal to the conscience of a conspiracy-addled boomer. Wow. Boomer. Will Sommer, who has made a lucrative career painting every corner of the political right as fringe and extremist, wrote at the Washington Post that its lead actor is a QAnon promoter, thinks a cabal tortures children to drain their glands of adrenochrome. Sommer is forced to admit later in his review of The Sound of Freedom that The Sound of Freedom doesn't actually depict anything close to QAnon conspiracies, fantasies. That seems like a pretty big deal. The media is committing a rhetorical trick and logical fallacy by linking all child trafficking to one vague, if known, online conspiracy. QAnon believes children are abducted for weird spirit cooking rituals and therefore all child trafficking is a conspiracy theory. On CNN, a guest said that these films are created out of moral panics. It specifically uh, is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings. These segments seem to exist solely due to the personal politics of the lead actor. Yet, when a new Top Gun or a Mission Impossible film is released, we are not flooded with stories about uh, Tom, Cruise, Tom Cruise's role in the Church of Scientology. The media targeting Sound of Freedom which once again is a dramatization of a real person and a real international problem also depicted in several Liam Neeson films, has only buoyed national exposure to the film. And here's the thing, Tim Ballard and Jim Caviezel talk about adrenochrome because they're- It's real and it's, they encounter it. This is part of what Tim has so, encountered. And Tim- You're gonna call him a liar? Tim was actually talking about, especially in Africa, where they, uh, traffic children and they sacrifice children and then they hang children's genitals out, mm -hmm. dead children's genitals out to invoke like spirit things. Right. Which yeah. is not in the film, by the way. It's not even mentioned in the film. It has nothing to do. It's, the film is so clean. Mm -hmm. It's not even funny. Like you, it's literally like looking for fault mm -hmm. with Donald Trump. Yeah. Like, like criminal activity. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. the, the, the film is, we had a friend of ours ask us, uh, about taking his 10-year-old daughter to it last night. And Lee and I went back and forth about it. Now, knowing his 10-year-old daughter, I can't speak for your 10-year-old daughter. Right. Knowing his 10-year-old daughter, I said the film is clean enough for her to go. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and roll this uh, this next clip with Tim Ballard on the Ukrainian children being trafficked through Mexico. All right, let's hear what Tim has to say. Yeah, you got to be really Red bad. Light District, you got to be really bad, <laughs> okay, to get arrested in Holland. They were arrested in 2020, fugitives. They ran. And they were hiding. No one knew who they were. Well, this, this, they rear their ugly heads. Um, this, the leader, this guy named Nielsen Matlin, he raises, I'm in, I'm literally in Poland at the time at, at our, at our staging operation for Ukraine. And I get this information that this guy in Mexico is trying to traffic kids out of Ukraine. Yeah. And, and so I, I go undercover. The Dutch asset who gave me that information infiltrated me and I'm undercover of talking to this guy. Well, in, in the end, we ended up, in fact, just yesterday, two of the guys were convicted in Ecuador because it led us to Ecuador, a child sex hotel, this pedoph these pedophiles from Holland and set up. But I, that's a two, we'll get into that another time. Okay. But the point I'm making is I had to study their literature. This was a, this was a political platform. This was a political party. And what I started recognizing is I, I, I named them the, I don't know, it's a, I, call, I call it the pedophile network doctrines. Okay. Yeah. It's what, like they include things like separate children from parents because parents are bad influence. The state knows best. Sexualize kids. Let them see pornography. Two. Karl Marx. Three. Take God out of education because that mm -hmm. just gets in the way. And kids consent, consent, consent. Children can consent to anything. At 12 years old, they should be able to vote. They should be able to do anything. Now, wh what am I seeing here? I'm, I'm, my stomach is getting sick as I'm reading this. I read this every day. It's the woke left agenda. 
I'm not saying that they're colluding or talking. It doesn't matter. It's the same dark source. But they are ped- pedophiles are sitting back right now going, we've been pushing this agenda for decades. And now we don't have to push anymore because the left is taking care of for us in America, in America. And, and, and this whole trans voice on children, you know, again, I'm libertarian. Adults do what you want. I'll fight for your right to do whatever you want. Okay. In terms of adult, I'm talking about children. And, and what they're saying is children can consent to having their bodies filled with a chemical that will destroy the reproductive system. Yeah. They can consent to ripping apart their genitalia. Like, this is insanity. Why? In and of itself, it's horrible. But what it's going to lead to is what the pedophiles have been asking for. If you can consent to that, guess what? What's more fluid than gender? Age. Boom. That's wow. hitting the nail on the head. What he wow. means by that is now children can consent to having sexual relations with an adult. So that is why they don't want people to see Sound of Freedom. Exactly. Because that's where it leads to. Well, and that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. We have gone beyond all norms. You have people who are, um, Scott Kesterson sent us a video of a doctor in Oregon who admits that there is no research done on pre-puberty boys, especially cutting off their genitals and trying to create a female genital. Okay. That it's never been done, that they're in new territory. There's no books on this. They don't know where this is going to go. Well, not only- they're literally experimenting. This is this, this child's, this is how, I don't know how worse to classify. It's Frankenstein. No. Well, I was going to say, child sexual mutilation right or even child sexual experimentation or like for for surgical purposes what what had what studies have been shown by the way and no one is talking about is that your hormonal development when you are a child sets your entire body's health up for the rest of your life to fight cancers to fight heart disease to fight all of these things mm-hmm. You can't mess. Imagine they were just, they decided, you know what, we're just going to go. And they, they, they talked about this. We're going to go to the moon and we're going to kind of just experiment with some stuff, maybe throwing them some things off the axis. Let's say that, let's say the, the, the moon gets thrown out of orbit. What happens to the earth then? What happens like if they were to blow up something in the earth's core that like literally irrevocably shifts the earth? You can't change something as integral as a as a the development of a human being and then in a way that's never been done before and expect the the child to just be fine and here's how i know this to be true because i am a farmer when it comes to plants if you are trying to grow a plant and all of a sudden you cut off all of the roots your plant will not live okay it's very difficult to do grafting where you take something and it has no roots and then you have to stick it in, you know, willow water and have the roots, new roots grow. Like all of these experiments they're doing, you do not get to do on a human being. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you should do this kind of stuff on animals, but you certainly don't get to do this kind of experimentation on human beings. There's no reason for it. And there's every reason to show that as these children get into their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, their health, they will probably die in early death. Yeah, it's it's child sexual mutilation and... Um, When we come back on the other side, I'm actually going to play a clip for you because Director Ray uh, from the FBI is grilled 
on moving kids or, or the agents who were investigating harms against children to the January 6 trials. And right here on TV, we are allowed to talk about January 6th. January 6th, we're allowed to talk about child mutilation. Exactly. So support Brighteon. Go to thebrighteonstore.com. Use promo code CHICKS. When we're talking about health, the number one way that you can stay healthy is by making sure that the nutrients and the supplements that you are putting in your body are of the highest quality. Mike Adams goes over with a fine-tooth comb everything that comes through the Brighteon store. So whether it's the Hawaiian astaxanthin that I take every single day, which I love to help fight um, inflammation, it helps to the colloidal silver toothpaste, the colloidal oh, silver yeah. for wounds. And remember guys, every time you go to that Brighteon store, you're helping to fund Mike Adams so he can keep bringing us the Health Ranger report. So he can keep doing the um, experiments and the research that we need done to know what does our body need to be healthy? What kind of chemicals are they putting in the food? So every day that you take a supplement or you use a product, think to yourself, I am help funding getting truth out to the masses. So speaking of which, stay tuned right after these messages and we will be back with more of this week's headline news. All right, Leah. So, you know, when it comes to the sex trafficking, it is one of the, it is the, in my opinion, the biggest story that has been happening in the United States for decades yeah. that has been silenced. Not just silenced, but we have resources that should be going to stop this kind of we stuff. We have a lot of money going to Ukraine. We've got a lot of money going all over the place. And in our last clip, we just heard uh, Tim Ballard talk about how uh, kids are being trafficked through Mexico through the from the Ukraine. Listen, they don't want to stop this. Mm -hmm. And we did a video. I did a video last week. Mm -hmm. And it we, we kind of went a little crazy where I said they could pull every agent and just put it all on child, uh, crimes against children and then just end it. It could be done. It can be like done. Like in a, like a, like a, like, they you know have, when you bug bomb your house? Yeah. Like bug bomb the pedos. They, they, there are IP addresses for all of this. Okay, and there is nothing more important on the face of the planet that should be more important to our nation right now than protecting children. Yeah, and they went around the capital. They they went around they went around uh, pulling agents off of the, the crimes against children to go find grandma walking around the capital, doing nothing, doing absolutely nothing. And so we have a representative, his name, you guys might not have heard of him. I did Troy didn't. Nels. And he questioned Ray this week on reassigning FBI agents. Let's see what he had to say. Sir, you mentioned 38,000 agents and support personnel in your agency. How many FBI agents and support personnel have you assigned to the January 6th investigation? I don't know that I know the number. I know we have a lot of people working okay. on it in multiple Locks, fields. Fair enough, lots. Yeah. Knowing that you are dealing with some of the sickest people in our society with investigations related to child sex trafficking, have you reassigned any of these agents or personnel to investigate January 6th? Yes or no? I, I don't believe we have reassigned people away from uh, child exploitation okay. to January I, 6th. Now, now, let I'm, me just say this, Director. I, I find that answer knowledge. disturbing because last month, Steve Friend... He testified before the Weaponization Committee. Mr. Friend was a domestic terror investigator for you. And he was told by one of his superiors that January 6th was, I quote, 
a higher priority than pursuing child pornography cases, end quote. And for those of you watching in America, understand today's FBI is more concerned about searching for and arresting grandma and grandpa for entering the Capitol building that day than pursuing the sick individuals in our society who prey on our children. And Mr. Ray, your priorities are flawed. Whoa, Mr. Ray. Your priorities are flawed. Yeah. So first yeah. of all, he, I wish he would have let Ray continue to answer that question because I feel like maybe he could have been found in contempt or something like that. So, you know, also lying this, under oath, this hearing, which was a dog and pony show, and it was basically just a circus going back and forth. But it was interesting to see a few line of questionings is all you get. Uh, Jesse Kelly did a video where he said, our country can't be saved until these people go to jail. Come on. They're lying before Congress. Mm -hmm. Totally over and over and over again. One of the line of questionings was, what about Ray Epps and why has he not been arrested and investigated? If he is so innocent, then how come these other guys went to jail for doing way less than he did? Right. So he's not going to face some charges. Oh, well, finally. I hope he blows the whistle on these people. I was supposed to be kept protected. I'm about to spill all the beans. So now he's suing Fox News. So Ray Epps is actually a former Marine who said he was forced from his Arizona home due to threats is asking for unspecified jam damages and a jury trial. He filed his lawsuit in Superior Court in That's Delaware telling. and the, the same court where Dominion voting systems filed uh, suit against Fox for lies broadcast following the 2020 election. Shortly before trial was to begin this spring, Fox paid Dominion $787 million to settle it. Fox had no immediate comment on the Epps' lawsuit. Epps, who had traveled to Washington, D.C., we know about him. And so uh, this is very interesting because he hired a lawyer from uh, uh, Perkins Coy, which is the DNC. <laughs> of course. So he, here he's supposed to be a super mega person and he's hiring a Democrat. He's not a mega person. Lawyer. Well, he had on a mega hat. So we have had um, this week a judge rule that the government, whether it's the DOJ, the FBI, the CDC, the I don't know if it's the FDA, but the White House that has all of these agencies have repeatedly contacted social media to get labels put on innocent First Amendment protected users speech and to get their uh, Twitter accounts or Facebook accounts suspended or tweets or whatever taken down. And there's an injunction now that the government can't do that. And the government is very upset about that. The government being all these three letter agencies that we can't name and we don't elect. The, all these three-letter agencies are completely unconstitutional because everybody who should make a law or a regulation mm -hmm. has to be elected by the people. Exactly. All right? Especially the CDC. You know, Fauci was never elected by anybody. Can you imagine? So I want to play a clip for you first before we talk about this case, Missouri versus Biden, which is ongoing. And, and the judge has an injunction on the government that the government stop can't stop manipulating and asking First Amendment Twitter to pull down tweets and ban users free speech. But this week, Tucker Carlson uh, did an interview with Vivek Ramaswamy, and I think he gave the best response to what caused January 6th that I've ever heard. Would you let's hear what he has to say? Um, so let's just go through the list. One thing you can't say is that 
maybe January 6th, while appalling on one level, maybe it was not an insurrection. So let me, let me talk about, I've, I, haven't, I haven't talked about this much in the campaign. I'll be very honest with you. You want to know what caused January 6th? There's such a temptation to say that there's one man whose name is unspeakable. We well, can't no, first of all, it's QAnon. It it's QAnon. It's QAnon. <laughs> you want to know what caused January 6th? Is pervasive censorship in this country in the lead up to January 6th. You tell people in this country they cannot speak, that is when they scream. You tell people they cannot scream, that is when they tear things down. And so the reality is, we were told that you could not question where the virus came from when we all knew it came from a lab in Wuhan, which now they admit. We were told that you could not send a private message to someone on the eve of an election that Hunter Biden's laptop story was actually a true story worth considering before an election. You were systematically suppressed. So this is, think about this. You told you had to be locked down, had to take a vaccine that was mandated and forced down your throat, stay locked down in your home while Antifa and BLM roam and burn the streets of this country. So that's the lead up of one full year of telling people you have to shut up, sit down and do as you're told. And then you tell them, okay, there's an election where you didn't get the information that you needed, such as the Hunter Biden laptop story being real and suppressed. That's what caused January 6th, is a cycle of censorship in this country. And until we look ourselves in the mirror and admit truth on that, we will not move forward as a country. And I think that's the real cause. And, we're not, and I'm sorry to say this, Tucker, but I think until we reckon with that reality, I worry that that is the beginning of, it's a friendly parley compared to what's to come, unless we step up and speak truth, restore integrity, and actually lead us to who we are as a people, rather than sweeping the truth under the rug. Well said, Vivek Ramaswamy. I am so proud of him. I would add one thing to what he said. I think that, that he's right as far as what made millions show up to D.C. Yeah. But that's not what they, the powers that be, mean when they refer to January 6th. They're not referring to the millions of people that showed up to D.C. They're referring to the riot at the Capitol. And I would add to that, I can tell you exactly what, what made that happen. Infiltrators from BLM, who are professionals at causing riots, instigated and perpetuated and led and manipulated people into doing a, a, something that was that seemed extreme on camera but in the basis of all of it the only person that got killed was someone on the side of mega okay no one was going to the capitol even with all the instigators from blm and antifa even with them infiltrating the crowd and, and wearing their mega hats and causing all of this to happen right no one was going into that capital to harm any human being mm -hmm. in that capital. Yeah. And that's the difference. It wasn't an insurrection. And I, and I can say this because we're on Brighteon. If we had meant to do an insurrection, you would have had to fight us off with tanks and, and all sorts of literal firepower, right? Don't push, don't push mega to an insurrection, a real one. This yeah. was nothing. They were just going in to have their voices heard. That mm -hmm. was it. And that's yeah. even with the in, the intenseness of Antifa. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. So speaking of the censorship, 
we finally have a win in the courts with the Missouri versus Biden case. And we have Missouri Attorney General and the Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Attorney General uh, suing the Biden administration for censoring our free speech. And this week, the government um, asked for relief on the injunction that was on the government so that they couldn't keep contacting social media companies and telling them to take down tweets and posts. Well, the judge, rightfully so, said no, this is staying, stop censoring Americans. This is gonna go all the way to the Supreme Court. Yes, it will, it will. And I want you guys to see this clip. Yeah, we look, you, you, you highlight the importance of a judicial opinion and you have legal scholars on that are far better at this than me, but it's not right-wing conspiracy anymore. You have a federal district court judge issue a ruling in federal court that says that the FBI basically participated in censorship with big tech to rig presidential elections. And they didn't do it once. The judicial ruling says they did it time and time and time again, which is why the judge was forced to act. Not only did the judge act, the Department of Justice asked for an injunction to stop the judge's order while the case is appealed. And the judge said the FBI's conduct was so egregious as it relates to censorship in big tech, that he shut down the DOJ's injunction, which means his decision is the rule of law in this country. And the head of law enforcement, Christopher Wray, didn't even bother to read that because you know why, Steve, you know the answer, because he's going to go around and say, oh, I didn't I didn't know that was the rule of law. So, you know, you can't hold me in contempt of Congress because <laughs> I didn't read anything. And then July 4th, we had this explosive, explosive 155 page opinion from a federal court in my home state of Louisiana. It explains in detail that the FBI has been directly involved in what the, the court says is, quote, arguably the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. The court ordered the White House, DOJ, and FBI, among others, to immediately cease colluding with and coercing social media companies to suppress American speech, of course, conservative speech in particular. Director Ray, I find it stunning you made no mention of this court opinion, either in your opening statement today or in this lengthy 14-page report that you prepared on July 12th, which is eight days after the court ruling. Have you read the ruling, sir? I am familiar with the ruling, and I've uh, reviewed it with our Office of General Counsel. Are you deeply disturbed by what they've told you about the ruling if you haven't read it yourself? Uh, obviously, we're going to comply with the court's order, the court's preliminary injunction. We sent out guidance to the field and the headquarters uh, about how to do that. Uh, needless to say, the, the injunction itself is a subject of ongoing litigation, uh, and so I'll, I'll decline to comment further on Well, let me that. tell you what the court concluded, because it, it should be the first thing you think about every morning and the last thing you think about at night. They said that, quote, the court found, apparently the FBI engaged in a massive effort to suppress disfavored conservative speech and blatantly ignored the First Amendment's right to free speech. The evidence shows the FBI threatened adverse consequences to social media companies that they did not comply with its censorship request. The court found that, quote, this seemingly unrelenting pressure by the FBI and the other defendants had the intended result of suppressing millions of protected free speech postings by American citizens. As a result, the court states, for example, millions of citizens did not hear about the Hunter Biden laptop story prior to the November 3rd, 2020 election. Page four of the court ruling lists some of the important subjects that the Biden administration and the FBI forced the social media uh, platforms to suppress. The evidence shows you, your agency, the people that directly report to you, suppressed conservative-leaning free speech about topics like the laptop, the lab leak theory of COVID-19's origin, the effectiveness of masks and COVID-19 lockdowns and vaccines, speech about election integrity in the 2020 presidential election, 
security of voting by mail, even parody about the president himself, negative posts about the economy. The FBI made the social media platforms pull that information off the Internet if it came from conservative sources. If you weren't vaccinated, you were vilified. If you had any questions about the vaccine, you were, again, ridiculed. If you had any, you know, hesitancy at all, I mean, the, this effort to get everyone to put this shot into their arms. Um, how much do you speculate? Do you want to speculate on how much that was a part of this, that they had so much invested in the purchase of these vaccines and getting them out that they just didn't want anyone to have any questions whatsoever or any misgivings? I mean, you don't have to speculate. You can see it in the in the documents that we developed um, from discovery in the Missouri versus Biden case. That, that was a primary motivator to them. You know what I can't like wrap my brain around Christopher Ray's response to this line of questioning was essentially saying, we are waiting for this to um, pass over, right? He's like, it's still in litigation. We're going to get our powers back. And so I'm not going to comment on this. And the fact that he said that we have sent out instructions for how the these FBI agents are to comply. Let me tell you how you comply. Shut up. Stop communicating with social media and asking them to pull down content. It is not like a how to like build an IKEA couch. Yeah. You don't need instructions for it. Just stop doing it. All right. So Tracy Beans had an amazing thread on it la last week on this Missouri versus Biden case. And she has another amazing thread on this second ruling. She says the court again states that the court feels the plaintiffs, plaintiffs will succeed on the merits. But he also adds something that the White House defendants and the Surgeon General defendants were found to likely have engaged in coercion of social media companies. He then goes on to again give examples. He says, for all the reasons set forth in the memorandum ruling, this court finds the plaintiffs have shown a likelihood of a success in merits. Therefore, that defendants have failed to show a likelihood of success on the merits. As discussed in detail in the memorandum ruling, all of the defendants likely significantly encouraged and or jointly participated with the social media companies to engage in viewpoint-based suppression of protected free speech. Additionally, the White House defendants and the Surgeon General defendants were found to likely have engaged in coercion of social media companies. And then he goes on to actually give some examples. Okay, so everybody else should read it. The uh, White House and the Surgeon General, General, Surgeon General demanded social media platforms censor Americans. Okay, so on January 23rd, 2021, the White House Digital Director for COVID-19 Response Team, Clark Humphrey, emailed Twitter and requested the removal of an anti-COVID-19 vaccine tweet by Robert Kennedy Jr. This is in the court ruling, uh, the preliminary one. On April 14th, 2021, the White House Deputy Assistant to the President and Director of the Digital Strategy, Robert Flattery, demanded censorship by Facebook of a video of Fox News hosts Tucker Carlson and Tommy Loren where Tucky, Tucker, Tucky, Tucker Carlson was saying COVID-19 vaccines don't work and Tommy Loren was saying she won't take a COVID-19 vaccine. Flattery demanded immediate answers from Facebook on April 16, 2021, and related to the, the, the video. Facebook gave the video a 50% reduction for seven days and stated it would continue to demote the video despite not violating Facebook's policies. 
Now, number two, the, the senior advisor to the Surgeon General, Eric Waldo, testified that Surgeon General Dr. Vivek uh, Murthy used his office to advocate for social media platforms to take stronger action against, quote, health misinformation, which involved putting pressure on social media platforms to reduce the dissemination of health misinformation. That message was given to social media platforms both publicly and privately. In addition to public statements, Murthy had meetings with social media companies called health misinformation poison and called for social media companies to do more to control the reach of health, quote, disinformation. When Murthy was calling the post health disinformation, he was referring to anti-vaccine posts. Can we just be done finally? Because we've been talking about censorship on this program for six years. Mm -hmm. Okay, for six years, I have dealt with the comments that keep saying, well, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, they're all independent companies and whatever they want to do, they can do because it's their company. Okay, we can have that discussion. And we have been having that discussion. First of all, they are immune to all of the laws that they should have be as a publisher. Okay, so they are actually like a public utility. And so if they want that kind of immunity, so we can have that discussion later. But right now, We've all been smelling a rat. And for every conservative that ever sent a message to me or anyone else saying they're independent companies and they should be allowed to do whatever the heck they want to do, okay? Mm. I am so done with you people. And I love y'all, but I'm done with you because the government has been directly, and we knew it and we could feel it in our bones and we have known it this entire time. All right, so... We, it's been a little while since we played a creepy Joe Biden post, and we're running short on time in this uh, wonderful Bright End segment. And you need to see this creepy Joe Biden video of him eating a child. So without further ado, could we roll this clip? Have you seen it? Yes. <laughs> what is that? What even is that? And then he does it for the sniff. And the, the child is disturbed. No! Can we play it again? Here we go. Should we play it again? Okay, child. I don't like it. I don't like it. The mom's looking away. Oh, she's going to do a selfie. Nope. Don't want. Get that creepy old man away from my face. I don't know why this keeps happening. I cannot even with these people. He eats like he's like licking the child. It happens a lot. And then in the child's face and then sniffs it. Don't tell me he's not the resident and he's the sniffer in residence. He is the sniffer. I'm looking at she looks like she's 19 years old sitting there like a little lady in a race car. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. This woman helped me get an awful lot done. There's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. And I've loved kids jumping on my You know what, Joe? I, I God help you. I'm going to pray for this man. You know when Nancy Pelosi said she prays for the president? Mm. I really pray for this man because millstones are coming. Millstones are coming. All right. So if you've enjoyed this, you can always tune in every week on resistancechicks.com. We Imagine do a ton Trump of content. A child. It would be everywhere. Exactly. But if you like this, tune in every Friday right here at brighteon.tv for this week's headline news. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Resistance Chicks, we're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. Leah literally ran upstairs in between segments. Did you know that we do a show every Friday on the Brighteon.tv network at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? I did. Of course you did. You Did you all know? Did y'all know? Now you know. 
brighteon.tv. It's that simple. Live. You don't get that kind of thing anywhere else. Uncensored, unfettered, unrestricted. It's the best show on the planet, by the way. So you guys should be tuned in. Add that. Because what happens is, every week, we come on here, and I got to fill you all in on what the last hour was. And then I got to do the combo show, which I don't mind doing the combo show. But if you were to tune in, I know James tunes in. Yes every week on that all right you guys here's the deal i i hope you guys are not getting sick of us talking about the sound of freedom i'm not because we're not gonna stop talking about the sound of freedom because this right in here is the topic of the time because if we yeah. want to take down klaus schwab if we want to take down the world economic forum if we want to take down all of the the three four five six letter agencies that exist that are ruling america and all of the people that you don't even know their names who are ruling the world the number one thing we have to do and we have to get right right now is sex trafficking and ending pornography. Yeah. So we did a show last night, Thursday, where we just aired Corey Gray talking about all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It was, well, we came on first and did a little intro, played a couple of clips. Yeah. It was so powerful, but he got a word from God. And I'm going to let y'all in on this little secret. Yeah. The word from God that he got is 40 days. 40 days to turn or burn, mm -hmm. 40 days to end pornography or be destroyed. God is done with this. It is ending families. It is breaking up marriages. Yeah. It, it is ruining the innocence of children around the world, but specifically in the United States and Canada, mm -hmm. in Western nations, the statistics of children, children that are hooked on pornography or view it regularly. And I'm telling you, something happens to them in their brains when yeah. they view stuff that they should not have in their minds. No no married person should have these things in their minds. Yeah. Much less 13, 14, 15-year-olds. Yeah. Guys, this is an epidemic in our nation. Yeah. And we're going after it hard. And it is inextricably tied to sex trafficking. Mm. They are one and the same. I said this last night. When you hear sex trafficking, think pornography. When you think pornography, think sex trafficking. Jim Caviezel is calling it out. This righteous man of God saying, we have to end this. We have to. You know, I was, I was sending a message to a friend today. And how silent the church is on this epidemic that is taking place in the church. Yeah. And yet there's one thing that the church will talk about, Leah, and that is the rising numbers of divorce in the church. So they will talk about the divorce, but they won't talk about the problem that causes the divorce. Yeah. And Corey Gray pulls out the scripture about lusting after a woman and committing adultery in your heart. Yeah. One in the same. And he's like, your head may know the difference when you're viewing this stuff, yeah. but your heart does not. Yeah. So you guys, most of us, and I'm going to be straight up honest. Most of us do not know the depraved world of pornography. Yeah. We don't know how bad it is. Yeah. We have an idea of how bad it is, but we don't. For those of you that are listening, you have to be honest. You know how bad it is. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about rape scenes orgies then it becomes heter or homos from heterosexual to homosexual and the next thing you know you're watching an image or not just an image but you're watching a scene where you have to question just how old is that girl mm -hmm. now i did a reel that i'm going to pull up 
for you guys to see. Um, and I shared it on Instagram and I shared it on Facebook and it's kind of going crazy on Instagram. It's had like 9,000 views, which my reels on Instagram don't get that many views. Okay. Just being honest, they don't. Um, and somehow they have been putting this reel in the feed of non-Christians. I put men of God, righteous men of God, I'm like hashtagging Christian dudes. Thinking that a Christian dude that has struggled with pornography is going to get my my reel that I made. Somehow they're sending it to all the non-Christians. And the comments, they don't bother me. Normally negative comments get me a little bit. These kind of negative comments don't. But they were shocking to me. And I, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Living in the Christian conservative world, I have landed myself in a bubble. Where I forget that there are men out there that literally exist that that talk like this. So let right. me play this for you guys. And then I'm going to um, share some of the comments with you. So let me refresh the page here so we can start this from the beginning. Okay, so I got a message out there for all my fellas. We love you guys. I shared a Matt Walsh post the other day that said, Porn is a sure fire way to betray your wife, destroy her self-worth, and implode your marriage all in one easy step. And I got countless likes from women on that post. There are so many wives that are seeing marriages destroyed because of pornography. And I only had a handful of men that liked it. And I'm like, where are the dudes? But I know where you guys are. You agree with the statement, but you feel like you can't like the post because you're captive. If you knew the statistics of, of men that are captive to the porn industry right now, to being addicted to it, it would blow your mind. It's in the 90 percentile in so many age demographics. But here's the good news. We need you to stand up. We have to throw out this idea that men can't speak out against pornography because they're captive to it. As a matter of fact, you are the number one people that we need speaking out about this. We need the men to say, I know how bad this is. You don't have to feel the guilt. I need, I'm going to set you free. Do not feel guilt for being addicted to pornography. As a matter of fact, the number one thing we need you to do is to speak out about it. So I want you to share this video, share it, rallying call for the guys, for the fellas, stand up, hashtag end porn. This is what the message, our society would be fixed right now. Talk about sound of freedom, share it, talk about sex trafficking. I don't care if you're captive to it, speak out about it anyway. We need you guys. So I thought okay, that this so post was rather, um, Sublime. Not just sublime, but very supportive of men. Very pro-men. I started off and I say, okay, I got a message for the fellas. We love you guys. I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to feel condemnation. Just please speak out. Now, I've had to de delete about a dozen comments on here just that were that were pornographic in nature. Um, but um, a lot of these guys... Now, I did get one comment that was saying, uh, you know, when I'm getting rejected every, t every opportunity, what other choice do I have? This person that's leaving the comment, uh, that's an honest response. I actually like that response, okay? Um, I like this comment here from Guide with Mike. Guys who are captive by it won't say anything because it feels hypocritical. Um, now, then there were a lot of comments that were pretty much saying, I don't have to read them out loud because they are, all of them are borderline crude. They're all crude, actually. But the, the essence of it all is women are nagging. They aren't putting out to their husbands, okay? They're, it was literally all blaming women for men looking at pornography. And there were, like, countless so ones. So which like, came first, chicken or the egg? It says... When a marriage isn't working, 90% of women are not giving what your husband is asking for. 
So what kind of stuff is you are you asking for? I just countless comments like that. Okay. And I, and I'm just, I was saddened by these comments because a, it doesn't address the fact that this is affecting young men. A lot of these men in their comments were upset stating that, you know, well, women look at pornography too, and women do X, Y, Z too. And I said to one guy, I said, I'll get to that. Cause one guy said, Oh, I bet you've read 50, 50 shades of gray. No, no, I haven't. That's nasty. Okay. But there are women who have, mm -hmm. and it is the equivalent of men looking at pornography because in women, and I said, I'll do a video on it. And then, then the person came back, well, maybe you should have started with, with calling out the women. And I'm like, I think all of these guys that are making them the negative comments, I would hate to even be friends with any of those guys missed the point. They don't recognize, and a lot of guys were like, this is, pornography is not an addiction. And I was like, wow. So again, with me Did anybody feeling say pornography like, isn't uh, connected to child sex trafficking? Nobody said that. Because is that what you were- I don't think I got to the side. I did say we need to end sex trafficking or something like that. I didn't make that direct. These reels, they only let you say 90 seconds. I could go for an hour on this stuff. But my point in, in sharing this with you guys- is, you know, again, to, to maybe do a little confessional of me, I, again, I know that this realm of society exists. I do. But it, at least in the patriot movement, I don't hear it that much. These, somehow God has put this reel in front of worldly, non-Christian men that think nothing is wrong with pornography, that it is completely natural, and it's all women's fault if men are looking at porn. I'm just shocked by this. So, all the more reason for us to spread the sound of freedom. Because there is a whole host, thousands, just that saw my reel, of men out there that are oblivious to the destructive nature of pornography and its connection to sex trafficking. I want to read some comments over here on Facebook. Virginia said, it ruined my marriage. I'm going to do something to help those children. I pray, I can pray, but I want to be so involved. Um, Lucy says, especially when people are in the church, but does not get delivered. Uh, marriage is difficult. I've been there, done that. The fashion girls are wearing, um, or what I think what you mean is what they're marrying. Um, they've made it so difficult because men are weak. I wouldn't say that men are weak. Okay. I think... Solomon actually does talk about that in Proverbs, kind of. But Solomon does put more of the onus on the seductive woman, okay, when you read Proverbs. Because Proverbs had, it, Solomon had a little beef with the, the kind of Delilahs that were coming after him. But I will say this. I kept commenting back and I was like, guys, stop blaming the women. I'm certainly not blaming the men. And my video was very clear on that. I said, do not feel bad. I, there is no condemnation. I'm going to set y'all free from the guilt. Just start speaking out about it. Okay. It's not the women. It's not the men. It is the satanic push as a whole to break up the family. This is an attack on both men and women, but, but there, it is using men as the door and the gateway to get in and tear down the families. But it's not just attacking married men. This is, I was saying this again in my comments, this isn't just towards married men. Yes, I was talking about married men because breaking up a family is worse than, uh, you know, a, a, a single guy hooked on porn and he hasn't broken a marriage, right? But my point is, we have work to do. 
So last night we did a show with, and we showcased Corey Gray, who was like, again, kind of in the same boat, but not really because Lee and I have been touting on this for a long time. He's like, you know what? I've never had a problem with pornography. I didn't know how bad it was, but once I did the research, I'm telling you, this is the problem. Why can't we take down election yada, yada, yada that I don't want to say on Facebook? Why can't we take down all of these big things? It's the scripture that says, first, you must take out the log that is in your own eye before you can take the splinter out of somebody else's. But here's the thing. You have to take the log out of your eye and you have to take the splinter out of somebody else's. So we can't take on the devil while we're looking at him in the face all day, every day. And then preachers, we got a message from a friend last night that's been getting messages from pastors who are admitting to him that they have been struggling with this for years and they are currently struggling with it. And you know what I said? Pastors, if you are struggling with pornography, sit down, step down from the pulpit. You First of all, you get to do one sermon, one last sermon, and it's against pornography and it's grip on society and how awful it is. And then the rest of your life of ministry is spent getting men set free from pornography, but you do not get to pastor a church again. Yeah. So you guys can see that whole video. Um, that's kind of where we went. And I don't, um, I have many words to say on that. And I said a bunch of them last night, but I didn't want to go through these headlines. We don't have much time uh, tonight with you guys. So if you would bring up the bit shoot uh, video with Tim Pool. Yeah, so he had in studio Tim Ballard, and let's just play some of, is, are you screen sharing? Yep. Okay. Mine was supposed to be, well, get your butt home because we got six kids and, you tell and you have, we have no money. Skip it. Like we, Tim's audience, nonstop, what you've built is, is incredible, and Tim, the work you've done is unbelievably inspiring. Thank you so much. It is, man. And that same conversation, for whatever reason, that was when I broke down the first time in that movie when she said, do it. Like, go, go. You know, yeah. I mean, I. I this guy's it's tearing a, it's up. A These are Tim's guys. Let's keep we're moving gonna, this gonna, along, gonna, baby. Gonna, Thank you for coming. We're going to do like a man, 10 this minute buffer great, before we get into all the spoilers. <laughs> God, this, okay, let's go. Serge Dupree. Yes, uh, I am Serge.com. I'm excited to hear you guys uh, just tell us kind of more about the story in general. And uh, yeah. yeah, let's just get into it. Man. We're going to take a quick 10 minute little buffer to give you guys some breaking news. But then okay. then you got to deal like you got to deal with it before and after. So what made you decide in the beginning to get involved rescuing kids? Well, I, I, I was my first job at the CIA. I was there through 9-11. And when I learned about Mohammed Atta, who, who was a terrorist across over the border, uh, Mexico into the U.S. and then, and then launches attack. I want to be on that border. So I, I trained anti-traffic, anti-terrorism stuff. I have a graduate degree and a certificate in anti-terrorism. So I got put on that border. That's where I wanted to be. I speak Spanish. Six months later, they asked me to be in the group. Child crimes. I said, no. I said, there's no way I'm going to go in that group. Um, and my wife agreed with me. And then the next morning before I said no, she, she, she didn't sleep all night. She was crying and she said, we have to say yes. Oh my gosh, if, how can we be so uh, fearful of our own pain uh, that, uh, that we would disregard severe pain beyond our comprehension of these children? So A movie has the potential to start a movement. So let's make a movie. Tell us what's the most difficult rescue mission you've ever done in your life. The most dangerous, the most successful one. He said, Cartagena, Colombia, the first one. Tell me the story. And he tells the story. And then we ask him, what happened when the kids were rescued? Oh man, they were crying, it was tears in their eyes, they were celebrating their freedom by, by singing. It was like this sound of freedom. That's the title and that's the story. 
Then Alejandro, right after, he started writing the script for three years. Three years of uh, uh, Alejandro's uh, life. And you know what happened to him right before he started writing the script, man? His father and his older brother got kidnapped in Mexico. Yeah. And, and they killed him. Alejandro Monteverde wrote Sound of Freedom with so much pain, man. He put his soul, his blood, his suffering in that movie. And I know when people see this movie, Sound of Freedom, they feel the pain of the kids. They feel the sacrifice of Tim Ballard. They feel the pain of the writer, Alejandro Monteverde. And we are honoring his father and his son with this film too as well, who are in heaven, along with my father who passed away, passed away last year. I want to jump to this right here from Box Office Mojo. Sound of Freedom, though it's been attacked relentlessly by many in the media, it has cracked 50 million with a current domestic box office of $53,922,551. A massive success. Through word of mouth, more and more people are starting to see this film. It looks like the amount uh, of uh, gross revenue being generated is increasing, whereas most films have their big blockbuster weekend. It goes down. This is the inverse. I think this film really is potentially a, a starting a movement. More and more people are, are getting active, focusing on the issue. More and more people care about the issue. There are creepy people in the media that are smearing it as <laughs> QAnon and other weird things. But get this. Even with that, on Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, which is the official corporate press reviewers, give it a 75%. That surprised me. The audience gives it a 100% with over 10,000 verified ratings. Wow. I got to say, we have been praising this film I think not only was it masterfully done, it is an entertaining film. It, it captures you. It makes you feel. At the same time, that feeling matters. I watch, I watch movies every day. I watch a different movie every day. I've gone to the theaters. Yeah, I might get a tear in the eye or something for a good scene. I might get excited for a good scene, but none of it matters. You know, I know that Captain America fighting somebody is just fun. But when I watch a film that's based on a true story, and I see a scene in that film that I couldn't believe was real, and I'm, I'm tearing up. I was, let me, let me put, let me put it this way. Cause we're going to start getting into spoilers now. There is a, a part of the film. So a uh, uh, warning to all of you who still want to go see the movie and don't want to see, don't want to hear spoilers. We're telling you right now, but for everyone else who did, we're going to start getting into some of the finer details so we can better understand this. Cause I want to, I want to talk about one of the most powerful things I've, I've made reference to in the uh, two weeks or a week or so ago. It is when you rescue this kid on the border. So again, spoilers, here we go. You are talking to this child. You tell the child your name and the kid looks up at you and he says, Timoteo, he has a necklace that was given to him by his sister with St. Timothy, I believe is, is the, uh, what was it? First Timothy is- First Timothy 611, scripture reference, yeah. And, he t and, and when I saw that, first of all, my name's Tim. So I was just like, whoa. Like, that's crazy for me to hear. And your name's Tim, too, I know. But, yeah. like, I'm watching this movie. This kid is being rescued from this evil, evil man and this organization. You say, this is my name. And then he pauses. And it seems to be some kind of, like, divine intervention when he says, look what I have. As if you were sent specifically to save him. I was on the verge of tears when I saw that happen. I said, I'm like, yeah, but I wish that really happened. <laughs> and then you told me it did. It happened. And, I, and I told Alejandro, I said... Because I have the necklace. I mean, I have. I, it's a so. It's like priceless to me. I have it in a vault, you know. And I took it out for my po for, to do podcasts and things. I should have brought it here, but um, I said, "Don't put this in because no one's going to believe it. Then it's going to come off weird. And what are the chances?" And 
and uh, and and people still don't think it's real, but they still like it. So he was right. But it's great to be able to say it actually happened, and it was a strange moment where um, uh, he he you know, it, and it's very accurate. It didn't happen in the garage like you see uh, in the film. It happened in a different room uh, in the aftercare center. But he runs to me and he hugs me, and the part that didn't they didn't pick up in the film is we we're sobbing. I'm shaking, and he's shaking, and that's before I got the necklace. That's before he he just starts grabbing me and he says to me. Um, and I think this was the kind of transformational moment for me because I didn't know if I was going to stay in this work, um, especially after this. This is the first kid I ever saw, by the way, who was in a video. Before that time, I'd only done videos like you know, end user, you know, possession cases of child exploitation material. This was the first time when I saw this kid, I, I knew him. I recognized him. I had seen him being raped, full like a 30-minute video. And the, his captor was the guy in the video. So I'm already on heightened, like, oh my gosh, it's a real kid. This is, you know, I never, I never seen it. And, and so we're, I'm coloring with him. Okay. Prager U, you know, Prager U. Oh yeah, that's Prager. Today, today Prager U launched a, a series called Light in the Darkness, where they have me telling some of these stories. This story's told and, and, and is dramatized in a really cool way. And it's more accurate. This and we're sitting there, and we're coloring. And I'm trying to get him to talk. Cause where's your sister? Where are the other kids? Like where, he's five years old, right? And and up until that point, we'd just been kind of friendly. We got close. You know, he, he started trusting me, and it was like just like this, like something just turned on in him, and he just ran over to me, and jumped into my arms, like almost like again, it was like an angel said go or something. Like he was, it, it, he didn't ease into it. We we're just coloring, and then boom, he gets up and runs to me. And he jumps into my arms and he starts shaking, crying. And I'm crying. Like, I just lose it. You know, I've got kids his age, you know. You start picturing your own kids. You superimpose your kids' faces in the moment, right? Um, and he says these words to me. And it just, it is, I couldn't, I knew at that time that the, the stats were millions of kids. So I heard him say this. It's like I heard echoed millions of kids saying this. And it's a simple phrase, but a five-year-old should never have to say it. And he just said, I don't belong here. Can you imagine a five-year-old kid saying, I don't belong here? No five-year-old kid would even think to say that. And, you know, and, and he knew he belonged with his family, and, and that's when he pulled the necklace. And he, he said, this is my, my sister gave me this. And I, I, I didn't take it. I was just like, oh, no, 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 you keep it. He gave me a little card, too. You see the card in the movie? He, yeah. gave, he gave me the card, too. And, and, and I took it home, and I was so broken up. I went home, and, and PragerU gets into this in, their, in the series as well. They just launched it today. Um, and I, I go home and I fall down. I, I fall down on the, I, I live 10, 12 minutes from the border. Like, you know, it's all, it's, it's a small town. And I fall down and the dichotomy of the whole, I walk into my house, my kids are happy and they're playing and they're 10 minutes away from this kid who has spent the first five years of his life being sexually assaulted and, and videotaped, you know, and my kids are happy and they're only 10 minutes away and I couldn't deal with it. It was like the underbelly of my own town, like. And that's everybody's town. And it was so hard for me. Remember, this is the first kid that I've seen. And I, I collapsed on the floor. And Catherine thought I was like having a heart attack because I, I, I'd never had this happen. I was exhausted too. It, I, it was 48 hours or longer I hadn't slept because the case was so intense. And she didn't know details, but she kind of cradled me, like kind of held me, you know? Um, and she was like, what is going on? And I tried to like get it out. And I, 
that's when I made the decision. I, I said, Catherine, I'm either in a thousand percent or I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thousand percent out. Like I have to pause really quickly and exit out of here. We can continue that interview. It's very, very, very good. But, you know, Lee and I don't just do this show for you guys. Sometimes I do it for myself. Sometimes I use this as my own personal venting and therapy session. Um, I think that that un actually, uh, spoiler alert, we didn't and we don't really, we do a lot of our shows for you, but we started doing them because we had so much to say and you can only say it to your family for so much. You just want other people to hear what you have to say. Well, yeah. And on this, again... I'm going to try to be as unfrustrated as I possibly can. Just note that I'm probably more frustrated than what I'm going to verbalize here. Yes, Jeff, we, we saw the Reese report mm -hmm. that came out today. We oh, are also yeah. being sent information. And we talked about this very briefly in Brighteon. We're also been, we've also been being sent information on Tim Ballard and how his Mormonism and maybe he's just like some sort of CIA plant and all of this stuff. Guys, stop it. Stop it. I don't care about the Greg Reese report. I'm going to say something really loud and clear. I don't care if Angel Studios is even directing these children or people there. The people are trying to help in there. And it, the, the Reese report is that Angel Studios is funded by some sort of billionaire, whoever, and they're sending people that want to help to rescue these children to some sort of Clinton Foundation, something or other. This is so much bigger than that, I don't have words. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for a Greg Reese report. I don't care if, if Angel Studios is... Angel Studios didn't make this film, by the way. And if for some reason... Some billionaire at Angel Studios decides that, well, we're going to fund this so that somehow we can continue to perpetuate in child sex trafficking. It was the dumbest move Satan ever did. Next to it. killing Jesus. That's a good way to put it. Because this film was made prior to Angel Studios yeah. and has taken on a life completely of its own. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you to support Angel Studios. I'm not going to ask you to support. And I get, we talked about how Tim Ballard was pushed out of Operation Underground Railroad. They are still doing good work at Operation Underground Railroad. But what happens in these things, and you guys don't get it, and I know you guys get it, but the people that are perpetuating this don't get it. Is that, can I explain it? We just explained it in the previous show. So what happens is you were, you were in the dark about the sex trafficking. Right. So then the media comes out to try to get you not to, not to go with it. Right. From, from the first way the devil comes through is through the Washington Post, the New York Times. From the, the outside. Don't watch the film. It's bad. It's a QAnon yeah, and unfortunately, theory. Whatever. Nobody knows who QAnon is on the left, really. They don't care unless right. you're like a super lefty. Right. right. And they weren't going to see the movie anyways. They, you're not going to reach the normies. But they all. know exactly how they're going to get to us who we, what do we do? So, we question everything. So what they do is if they can't get it to squash with all the lefty attacks. Right. Uh, but the, this is the devil. Get them to attack it from, from within. within. What, what is our our weakness? If everything is a conspiracy theory, then, then nothing, nothing is. is. So all of a sudden, 
All of a sudden, you're talking about, well, maybe you're sending the, the people to the Clinton Foundation for these kids. So then what's that going to do? It's going to get you to stop talking you've got this about... Big, not just talking about it, but you've got a big push. Yeah. You want to help. Well, let me tell you guys something. Tim Ballard has his, a different organization right now. You can go and help and support that. Leah can pull it up and find out where it is. Um, just hold the, hold the line on this for number one. Yeah. Number two, Leah and I have a connection to Tim Ballard that maybe some of you guys don't know. Leo and Nancy Martin of the Jenny Museum in Plymouth, Massachusetts are literally the caretakers, in my opinion, of one of the greatest monuments and stories of the history of our nation, and that's the Pilgrims. It's called the Monument to Our Forefathers. Two years ago, or last year, it was just last year, was less than, yeah, it was literally this last September. We took a group of people and we did an event called Restoring the Covenant, surrounded around the, the story of the Pilgrims. It's a story that everyone needs and not that many people get it. But Tim Ballard gets it. He has spread the word on it. He has written a book about it. He literally, he'll, Leo and Nancy, who are some of our best friends, tell us that Tim will show up from time to time, randomly bringing lots of groups of people to this monument to hear the story from Leo and Nancy. And they'll look at the Jenny Museum, which is an old building going back to almost the time of the pilgrims. And it'll be like, what needs done? Needs a new roof? I'm going to pay for it. He funds it, right? This man, and I, and I know this sounds crazy if you don't get it, I am going to ask you in this moment to take my word for it. Anyone, anyone who gets it with the Pilgrim story and the monument to our forefathers in Plymouth, Massachusetts, cannot be, cannot be fighting for the other side. 100%. Now, if I didn't have that connection to Tim Ballard, who I have heard constantly for years, long before the making of this film from Leo and Nancy, singing the praises of Tim Ballard and the work that he's been doing with Operation Underground Railroad, we knew about it before it was cool. Okay, if even if I didn't have that connection, I am a human being. Yeah. And I can tell when someone is legitimate. So I don't care if he's a Mormon. Most of you that are touting and getting all upset that, that Tim Ballard is a Mormon, you love Glenn Beck and you don't have a single problem with him. But why do you have a problem with Tim Ballard being a Mormon? Because it's touching on something that Satan is surrounded by and you're scared. Okay. Stop being so afraid of Satan. Like Jim keeps saying in every single movie, people are far more afraid of Satan than they are of God. And I tell you, you start fighting against this movement, you're fighting against, you're fighting with yes. the left. Exactly. D says, what is this craziness? They're fake patriots. Exactly. But, I, but it's coming out all over the place. I can listen to Tim Ballard's stories and I can look in the eyes because I have dealt with trauma victims and I know and I get it. Well, let's just get this up. You let's see it in his face. Himself. He is not lying. He is not. He is an American hero and stop it. All of you guys, stop it. You want to throw Angel Studios under the bus? That's fine. I don't care. They didn't make the film. But if you're going to do that, you're wasting your time and taking the attention off of where God wants it right now in this hour. And you are literally batting for the other team. This is a real, um, these are real sex trafficking buses. And I get it, Jeff. I know. Jeff says, I, I, the movie's great. Jeff, I, other people have been saying It's not just you. People today. that we know and love have been saying The entire fight against this kind of evil is extremely intimidating. I was looking at images. A decent mind could not even conjure up in their head 
what was being done to children. The kind of abuse that we're talking about. And if you ever look into Tim's eyes and you think to yourself, maybe he's faking it because something seems off. Well, yeah, he says that his brain has a million holes in it. From, you would seem off too. Um, he actually has to be one of the strongest men on the face of the planet to still be walking after what he has seen. If people knew what was happening all around them, the underbelly of the very community they live in. I mean, I remember being shocked going home after big investigations. Children being raped literally miles from my house. And then walking into my house and seeing my happy children and thinking, wow, people just don't know. You get into that underbelly and it's, it's, almost, it's almost overwhelming. It has to be. Yes, I believe in good and evil, but there's lots of shades in here. I mean, who have we arrested? I've arrested educators, clergymen. I've arrested law enforcement officers. This is the closet sin, the closet crime. How old were the girls? Nine. They're not seeing this. Let me just you didn't screen share. share. Sorry, guys. Thank you. Oh, you man. didn't screen share, or I didn't. I might have to rewind it. You guys need to see his face there. Just a little bit. I'm gonna rewind it. Some guys. People knew what was happening all around them. The underbelly of the very community they live in. I mean, I remember being shocked going home after big investigations. Children being raped literally miles from my house. And then walking into my house and seeing my happy children and thinking, wow, people just don't know. You get into that underbelly and it's, it's, almost, it's almost overwhelming. Yes, I believe in good and evil, but there's lots of shades in here. I mean, who have we arrested? I've arrested educators, clergymen. I've arrested law enforcement officers. This is the closet sin, the closet crime. How old were the girls? Nine. Nine and fourteen. Nine. There's no, there's no profile. You can't say that guy is a pedophile, you can tell. You can't do that. That's the scary thing, is these people who prey on children, they know how to do it in a way that really they're like undercover operators, but for the dark side. And they can put on a lot of different faces, especially online. They can pretend to be anyone they want to be. I got a phone call late at night. A pedophile who had been elusive for years. We had intel that and maybe a child with him. Those uniformed men and women who sit at that border and know what to look for, they identified him first. And then they called me as the investigator who was gonna pick up the case and then run with it. When I responded to the port of entry, this guy had a child in his van. It was the first time in my career that I had actually come face to face with one of the children who I had seen being raped in a video. The videos enough are, are enough to, 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 to transform your, your world perspective completely, but seeing the actual child and 
that child asking you for help. I mean, now, I mean, it's completely transformative for me. Once we had the boy in our arms, now we have a lot of evidence. Things in the car, other videos we found in the van, which led us to execute a search warrant at this guy's house. The guy's name was Earl Buchanan. This guy, just a horrific monster who would go into Mexico and kidnap children and bring them across the border using false passports. He's a successful contractor, he's got houses in Arkansas and California, wealthy guy, has a girlfriend. You'd think nothing of it. He would take these children to his home in San Bernardino County. His compound looked like any other compound. That's the scary thing. It's almost symbolic of how this whole thing works. His compound looks like nothing. It's a warehouse in a very rural area in San Bernardino County. You would drive by it, you could fly a helicopter over it. You wouldn't think anything of it. Inside that compound were several rooms and closed circuit cameras and a, and a kind of a, a, a film manufacturing studio. And I remember going into the, one of the bedrooms. Oh, dear God. And there I see the bed from the video. The drugs he would use to knock them out. I mean, finding all these things and learning about how evil this is and how, how it works. And ordering the extraction, or taking these things as evidence. These, these innate objects, which are now witnesses, the, the solitary witnesses to, to, to this sex crime. And we're taking them to prove this is where it happened. Um, and the, the kid at the time was safely tucked away in, a, in an aftercare home, but knowing this is where he had been. I mean, it's, there, there, I can't even, there's not words to explain what that feels like to be in the middle of this and, and watching it as you dig deeper, deeper and going into these layers of hell. Really, it's what it is. And, and having to pull it all out, but it's, 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 it's shining light on it is what you're doing and light is the great disinfectant. It's like turning on the light and all these roaches run. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the world of, of, of trafficking and, and child exploitation. And that's what we were doing in, on this case. So I did, let's just finish it because okay. he's got a good story. I come to find out he has a sister. His sister was also being abused by Buchanan and others. He wants us to help find as well and several other children who, who have been captured and been trafficked all over the place, including into the United States. It launched an investigation. The, the intel we gathered from that case, you know, led to the liberation of, of, of a lot of kids. It wasn't lost on any of us that it was July 4th. While everybody was barbecuing and, and partying and doing their things, we were neck deep in experiencing what freedom means. 
what liberty actually is, the reason we celebrate that holiday, liberate the captive. So wait, that is interesting that he did the rescue over July 4th. And then the, the movie came well, out Well, they found, July they 4th. went into that compound on July 4th, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was happening on that day. In the middle of that case, I've been gone for 48 hours and I, I came home and I saw my children playing and happy and and the whole the dichotomy of the whole thing just created a physical reaction in me where I and literally the room was spinning and I fell down to the ground. And it was my wife who came to me and she like basically cradled me like a, like I was a baby. She didn't really know what was happening. She just knew I got called out days earlier and I was gone. And I, I couldn't even begin to burden her with what I had just seen and what had just happened. But she said just the right thing to me in that moment. She said, I know how painful it is, but think of the pain of those kids. And my mind flashes back to an experience I had had within 24 hours prior to this conversation with my wife. This one point I was alone with this child. We were, I was interviewing him. I took him out to lunch. He was mostly smiley and happy. He knew he was safe just trying to slowly learn what in the world had happened, how he was kidnapped, where his family is now, where his sister is. And at one point, at kind of a random moment, he broke and just ran to me, jumps into my arms and he's shaking. Wow. And I'm shaking. And he said, I don't belong here. Mm. He's five years old. I knew the numbers. There's millions of children who are saying right now, just like they were saying then, I don't belong here. Not only that, I could apply it to myself because I didn't belong here. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> Who am I to confront what's happening to this child and millions of other children? It was like this crossroads I had hit because seeing this child made me either want to just quit and run forever or put everything I have into this cause. There was no middle ground anymore. It was like, just do or die. And I, I wanted to not do it. I'll be honest, that was my kind of initial reaction is I'm done, I'm done. Look at his face in that video. Being in this kind of darkness, I mean, you crave light like you do water or air or whatever. I mean, it's, it's you need it so badly. And so I was forced to basically make lists of what are these tools? What are the things that get me out of darkness? Look, I, I, don't, I don't consider myself 
more courageous than the next guy. I, I truly don't. And this is how I know that because before the operation, I'm shaking. Afterwards, when I'm looking back at footage of the undercover cameras that was on my body as I went into places, I am shaking, saying, what, what were you thinking? Why would you do that? But I know this, that when I'm there, when I'm in the action, when I'm doing the actual operation, I am not shaking. I am not scared. And the only thing I can attribute that to, it's God, it's faith, it's prayer, serving one another, forgiving one another, repenting. These principles are the principles that bring light into the dark place that you're in. It's more than a belief for me. I mean, it's fact. I've witnessed too much. And I want to show you how to use these tools to fight darkness and liberate yourself from whatever captivity is holding you back. So this is so cool. And you guys can go and watch all these episodes. So that it looks like there's eight of them. Oh, wow. And that's just one. So how do they get there? So you want to go to PragerU. And then we're... Just prayer you and and then put in I put in light in the darkness. Light in the darkness. Yeah, and I'll just kind of show you guys. Can I'm just gonna skim through. We a couple more of these where he was. faith in God. Faith. I'm gonna watch every single one of these. Yeah, I will be watching the whole thing. How did we find them? I rise in strong support of the Adam Walsh Child Protection. Finally, the United States government, the Congress, woke up. And in 2006, they passed a law called the Adam Walsh Child Protect Act. And what it did was it basically said, if you go overseas and sexually abuse a child, we will hold you accountable okay, as if you did it right here. Yeah. There's no other law like that. Wow. And so that changed my job. I wasn't just on cases dealing with the recipients. The, pedophiles. We have to go out and find the Americans who are hurting kids. They sent me to undercover school and they sent me into play the role of a trafficker, play the role of a pedophile, whatever I needed to do to infiltrate the, the trafficking rings that were t doing this to children. The unintended consequence that nobody expected help to consult on some cases. Clients. We needed to, to really convince these guys these traffickers that we were legit buyers in the market, that required a lot of funding. We had to rent boats and houses and and to show that we're those kind of players. I got to where we're dealing with these traffickers and I'm making promises that I know I don't have the authorization to make. And then I'm told, Tim, you gotta stop. I went further than I was supposed to go. I, I, I knew that. So yeah, you went further than you got all these. Um... Again, that's depicted in the film. But here's his, his wife here. The outcome will be his plan. Even though I knew it was the right thing, I didn't know what that meant. That could have just meant Tim and I holding hands as we do, you know, this little nonprofit. We didn't know what that meant. We just knew it was right. And so we were going to do it. This is the test of faith, right? So you can go watch all of these on here and then I'm pretty sure that they're going to give you some answers on how to help and I'll let you know um, what we know. I'll let you know what we know because oof, that's tough stuff, huh? And uh, I think that anybody who would be questioning Tim Ballard with all the evidence that you've seen, you're the jury. Come on.
What do you think? Good guy, bad guy? See some sort of undercover CIA, like double, quadruple agent who who just so Guys. happens to be arresting sex traffickers so that he can help more sex traffickers. And Guys, come just on. so happens to be rescuing victims so that he can get more. You can victims. see. You and listen to me. Stop. That you is the QAnon nonsense, up. which is what I can't stand. You can't make up those stories that he's telling. Yeah. You can make up a couple of them, and you can't. I don't care how good you are. Yeah. You can't fake the looks in his eyes. Now, we know that he did these operations and we know that the children were rescued. So for us to think that he's some sort of quadruple agent that we don't trust, guys, I get it. And if we have some Mormons watching, please take this with a grain of salt. I don't believe with the Mormon religion. It is false. The Joseph Smith book, the documents, all of it, right? It's not, it is not of God. But, that being said. Yeah, but Tim Ballard loves Jesus and is filled with Jesus. And I got to tell you, he just does. All his, it's, it's his faith that needs a tiny tweak. But I will tell you this. Faith is about work. I will take a Mormon that rescues children from sex trafficking and puts his life, his fortune, his sacred honor, and his wife Baptist on the line. Watch baseball all day. Then a Baptist that's looking at pornography. Yeah. Would you have a problem if he was an atheist? Yeah. Give me a break. The man loves Jesus. I don't care how much you hate the Mormon faith. Fine. Hate your Mormon faith. But I'm telling you, this is a righteous man of God who when he stands before God Almighty, God is going to look him in the eye and he's going to say, everyone in this throne room, look at this man. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. So stop. He may not get a planet, but he's going to heaven. Stop this nonsense. You're not out there rescuing children. You're not out there laying your life, fortune, and sacred honor. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't in the CIA. Well, guess what? God chose this man for just such a time as this. And how about this? How about instead of trying to watch all you can get on how bad Mormons are and how Tim Ballard might be some sort of CIA X triple five agent, whatever. How about we just pray that his faith gets tweaked right to where God wants it to be? How about we do that and support him in this work that is pivotal for this moment and this time? End rant. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Glenn Beck is a Mormon too. So. He's an American hero, and everybody listens to him like every day. Slurs. But Glenn Beck isn't rescuing sex trafficked children, is he? And he that's is. why he's everyone thinks that he's okay. You know what I'm saying? He's helping. He's not on the land. He has been uh, an underground funder of uh, Tim Ballard's movement for for many years. Right. All right. So with Tim Pool, all of the super chats, fifty thousand dollars worth, uh, went to cut a check to Tim Ballard and his movement, and Tim Pool uh, matched it. That's awesome. Which is crazy that Temple has that much money because he started Temple a few years so ago money. with a camera and a beanie. And we're Stuart the Brit, no, I'm not yelling at you. And no, it's not your fault. I'm venting. I already told you this is my therapy session for people that aren't even watching my show. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sorry that it ends up shouting at you people. I'm shouting at the people who are never going to hear my rant. Okay. I can't help myself. This is, you guys come. This is your payment. I don't need donations. Just watch my show and share it and listen to my venting. Okay. Michelle, I've sent you a link in Messenger about your current quest. It will help you out. All right. I will check that out. 
Um, Sir the Brit says, one of the problems we have is the whole justice system needs to be on board to put them in jail for a very long time. You know who else who needs to be in jail? Hunter Biden. And this week, this the uh, Secret Service has decided that um, the, the, cocaine, the caper. cocaine caper cannot be found. With all the cameras of the White House. And they're giving up on the investigation. If someone had spilt something on the carpet of the White House, they would know who did it. Breitbart, I want to bring up Justice Janine here, but Breitbart has an article that says, Report contradicts Secret Service claim no fingerprints were found. On the White House cocaine baggie, officials at the White House know who brought the cocaine into the White House and have confirmed that finding via fingerprint analysis, according to a report which contradicts the statement released by the Secret so Service. Wait, 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 wait. So there are officials in the White House who do know who brought the cocaine into the White House? So a security source told Soldier of Fortune magazine, we know who handled it. We've known since last week. According to the report, which Breitbart News has not independently verified, two sources disclosed the name of the person who is believed to have handled the cocaine, but the magazine is withholding the name pending official confirmation. The report alleged that the second test by the FBI brought back a hit on the fingerprints. The report conflicted with a statement put out by the Secret Service on Thursday, which claimed the FBI does not have any uh, fingerprints and has insufficient DNA present. So the Secret Service says there was no surveillance footage found that provided investigative leads or any other means for investigators to identify who may have deposited the cocaine. Stop. Okay. Do we know? Have they landed on where it was found yet? Well, can we just play Judge Janine real quick? Yeah. Well, I just want to say, because if you know where it was found, even though that story has switched like five times... If you know where it was found, then so you go first, to the footage and you look at all of the people that could have been in that area since it was vacuumed. Yeah. And you say, who was in that vicinity? And you go and you look through all of so those people, whether about, they could be a cocaine addict. There were about 500 people that went to that entrance between Friday and Sunday uh, when it was discovered. And at first, it was said that the Bidens weren't there, but Hunter was there and the Bidens were there. All right, we'll listen to Judge Janine. She usually rants worse than I do. Yeah, for the record. This case does. This case is not about American justice. I think it convinces all of America that we don't have justice anymore. It's about a Biden cover-up. And honestly, it's a slap in the face to every American who was ever arrested, prosecuted, convicted, and went to jail for cocaine possession, especially a black American. It's a slap in the face to everyone who's ever gone to jail for possession of an illegal weapon. Okay? And for Karine Jean-Pierre to come out and say, it's incredibly irresponsible, you mean to ask if we could exempt the Biden family. How disgusting is it? Well, you know what? The attitude that they all have is that we're above the law. We don't have to answer any questions. And they laugh at us. And we thought Hillary was untrustworthy. We thought that these people, I mean, they, they literally blow her away. And to the Secret Service, have you no dignity? Have you no shame? Are you willing to go along with your either inept or you're covering up. Right. Because there, we already know that Karine Jean-Pierre said the Bidens were not there on, on Friday. We know the Bidens were there on Friday. So now we've tightened the circle of the possible time with which that cocaine was put there. 
Now, why don't you want to drug test people in the White House? Excuse me, this is important. And number two, why are the cameras not working? Where are the canines? Why don't you know everyone who's gone through there? It's all hogwash. You vacated the building. It was so dangerous when you saw that, uh, what you thought might be anthrax. And now you don't have anything to say about it. So it's either a cover-up, they're inept, and... In addition to drug testing the staffers, I think they ought to stop lying to us and coming out and saying we know Hunter was there. The reason this is so important is Hunter doesn't get the plea deal if they can pin this on right. him. If they pin this on him and he doesn't get his plea deal, he has to go to jail. Exactly. So, uh, the Secret Service Secret says they Service can't determine. Came out and they said, this means that a terrorist could have gotten anthrax in. Remember what happened. Let me take you back in time. They shut down the White House. Because they were afraid that a white powdery substance they found was anthrax. So they shut down the White House. They brought in the biohazard team. Turns out it was cocaine in a baggie. Okay? Somebody brought cocaine into the White House. Now, I know a lot of you here, I just said this on the show. Let me take it outside of cocaine in the White House for a minute. If I told you, hey... I just found a dead body in the front yard of my house. So I'm not sure who did it yet. But a serial killer has been spending a lot of time in that house. Would your first thought be, I think it likely would, well, the primary suspect should definitely be the guy that we already know has killed a lot of people before. Because he's living in that house and now there's a dead body out in front. I think almost all of you, if you were murder, murder mystery savants, if you were a detective, your Columbo showing up, your Axel Foley showing up, and you're trying to figure out who got the how who the person did done it. I don't really care if you use cocaine. Okay, my personal opinion. I would be nervous because of all the fentanyl in the United States now. I would be nervous to even touch cocaine. Because I'd be afraid that it might be laced with fentanyl. They were concerned it was anthrax. If the Secret Service is being honest, then what they are telling us, and I don't believe they are, but if they were, what they are telling us is even if this were anthrax, we would have no idea who brought it in. So this would mean that our White House is in danger of a terror attack that could have killed many people and that could occur and we would have no idea exactly but we know they're lying yeah secret service confirming that its investigation into who took cocaine into the white house is now closed they say their sweep and this is a quote did not develop latent fingerprints um, there was no surveillance video footage found that provided investigative leads. The Secret Service's investigation is closed due to a lack of physical evidence, except for the actual cocaine. Congressman, really no answers for the American people. And my question earlier with Mark, my, my sort of point of view of it all is, what if it had been something else that could have been more deadly or, or dangerous to a wider group of people? like? Anthrax, it could have been anything that somebody left behind.
Remember, what, that was part of sort of locking down the White House, right? It was like, we got to make sure this isn't anthrax. Well, what if it had been anthrax? I guess the Secret Service would have just said, oh, sorry. I don't know who had anthrax in the White House. The most secure location on the planet? Are you out of your mind? I mean, the fact is now, apparently, our law enforcement officials, Secret Service, FBI, whoever's involved, can go back to going after Scott Smith in Loudoun County for defending his daughter in front of a school board or going after Mark Houck for defending his son in Philadelphia mm. because they want to politicize our system of justice rather than actually doing their job. You better damn well believe that if they wanted to go figure out where that cocaine came from, the Secret Service of the United States in would actually And honestly, this is the it. number one thing. Yeah. By not telling us who did it, they have told us who did it. Yes, exactly. All right. I think I maybe played that one on our Brighton segment. So I want to play, I want to go over here to Matt Gates. Christopher Ray was on the Capitol Hill t- this week. And it was a dog and pony show, but I do enjoy some of the rants that the um, Republicans do. And Matt Gates was pretty good here on the Biden crime family. To understand what just happened, my, col- my Democrat colleague just asked the director of the FBI whether or not they are buying information about our fellow Americans. And the answer is, well, we'll just have to get back to you on that. It sounds really complicated, but I have other questions. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does you won't not the has que- no oh, hold interest on. You in won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev- to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. But let's go from the uncurious to the downright nosy. How many illegal FISA queries have occurred under your leadership of the FBI? Well, there are reports that have come out with different numbers about uh, compliance incidents. More than a million illegal ones? Because that's what the inspector general said. The inspector general said that in the 3.4 million of these queries, more than a million were in error. Do you have any basis to disagree with that, that assessment by the inspector general? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, actually, that's a, com- a correct characterization of the inspector general's uh, oh, well, findings on well, that. The internet but, will remind you of I, that in moments. But, but let, let's now go to uh, what the, the court said. The court said it was over 200,000 that have occurred on your watch. Would, would, do you have any basis to disagree with that assessment? Again, I don't have the numbers I sit here right now. What I can Seems like you- a number you should know. How many times the FBI's breaking the law under your watch? Especially if it's like over a million to not know that number. And I'm worried about your veracity on the subject as well. Play, this, play the video. Letters for investigation of, of the Capitol. I don't believe to- FISA is remotely implicated in our investigation. Were you, you- so, so there, Senator Lee's asking you whether or not FISA was in any way involved in your January 6th investigation, and you say no. It, was that truthful? I said that I did not believe it was. Okay, so now let's pull up what the court said, which was something a little different than what you said. So, so here, nope, that's not the right one. 
Yeah, here we go. Right there, it says, the government has reported additional significant violations of the querying standard, including several relating to the January 6, 2021 breach of the Capitol. So I guess the question, Director Ray, is did, did you not know when you were answering these questions that the FBI was engaging in these illegal searches, or did you perjure yourself to Senator Lee? I certainly didn't perjure myself. At the time that I testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, I didn't have that piece of information. I will add... Well, that was a court order. You didn't have that piece of information because the court hadn't yet rendered a judgment. Did you not know when you gave the untruthful answer before Senator Lee that this was going on? It was a, it was a truthful answer. I did not believe FISA had been involved in the January 6th. But it was. So you didn't... The answer is the FBI has broken so bad that people can go and engage in queries that when you come before the Congress to answer questions, you're like blissfully ignorant. You're blissfully ignorant as to the unlawful queries. You're blissfully ignorant as to the Biden shakedown regime. And it just seems like it gets into a kind of a creepy place as well. Go to our, our next image on what the court said. Like, just so the American people realize, the, the court has smacked you down, alleging or ruling FBI personnel apparently conducted queries for improper personal reasons. Oh. People were looking themselves up. They were looking their ex-lovers up. Who has been held accountable or fired as a consequence of the FBI using the FISA process as their, like, creepy personal snoop machine? There have been instances in which individuals uh, have had disciplinary action. Uh, and disciplinary action. It's called fire. It's called being fired. No, no. And then, then you're uh, you've got to be prosecuted. No, their disciplinary action is called getting a vacation. We're no longer with it. I can't get into it here, but we can follow back up. But with don't you, you see? Don't you see that that's kind of the thing, Director Ray? That you preside over the FBI that has the lowest level of trust in the FBI's history. People trusted the FBI more when J. Edgar Hoover was running the place than when you are. And the reason is because you don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later... He gives answers that say, I had no idea. It wasn't my fault, but I'm not going to hold the people I responsible want... whose fault it is. I... I'm going to do a lesson okay. one day on if you are ever pulled before any kind of inquiry I was or not judge, aware. I do not recall. I do not recall and I'm not aware of. It's, it, it, yeah, I didn't my, perjure myself no, to, my, to my knowledge. I'm not aware. I am not aware. To my knowledge, and I do not recall. I do not recall is your best one. Yeah. Because he literally says, I didn't perjure myself, see? It's like a little kid. Catch me. It's like it's like when you go to Catch your parents. Again. You know when you go to your parents? I didn't say that, Mom. Did not. Um, I asked you if you uh, knew who stole the cookies. Um, I said, I don't recall who stole the cookies. I don't remember taking them, Mom. You can have a definite moment of, like, forgetfulness. This is definitely to teach kids. I don't remember don't taking remember. the cookies, Mom. I literally don't remember. I don't know. All right. So uh, we had Rep uh, Representative Thomas Massey talking about how the FBI uh, got bank records from Bank of America. Mm. Uh, George Hill, former FBI supervisory intelligence analyst in the Boston field office, told us that the Bank of America, uh, with no legal process was uh, gave to the FBI gun purchase records uh, with, with no geographical boundaries for anybody that was a Bank of America customer. Is that true? Well, what I do know is that the uh, 
a number of business community partners all the time, uh, including financial institutions, share information with us about possible criminal activity. And my understanding is that that's fully lawful. In the did specific, you, did you in the ask specific for that information? Instance, in the specific instance that you're asking about, my understanding, my understanding is that that information was shared with field offices for information only, but then recalled to avoid even the appearance uh, of any kind of overreach. But my understanding is that that's a fully lawful process. We, was there a warrant involved? Again, my understanding is that the institution in question shared information with us, as happens all the time. Did you request the, the information? I can't speak to the specifics. Okay, well, we've got an email where it says the FBI did give the search queries to Bank of America, and Bank of America responded to the FBI and gave over this information without a search warrant. Do you believe there's any limitation on your ability to obtain gun purchase data or purchase information for people that for people who aren't suspects from banks without a warrant? Well, now you're now you're asking a legal question, which I would prefer to defer to the lawyers, uh, since I'm not practicing as one right now, including the department. But what I will tell you is that my understanding is that the process by which we receive information from business community partners across a wide variety of industries, including financial institutions, sharing information with us about possible criminal activity is something that is fully lawful uh, under current uh, federal law. Maybe lawful, but it's not constitutional. I yield back. Gentlemen, you Come on. Back. Oh, Gentlemen, we're not there yet. Hang on. Did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers' debit and credit card purchase history in the Washington, D.C. area for January 5th and 6th, 2021? Uh, I don't know the answer to that as I sit here right now. Well, we do, because Bank of America gave us this email from the FBI to Bank of America. Well, I am aware that Bank of America provided information to the FBI, but what communications occurred between the FBI and Bank of America about it? Let's read it. To recap our morning call, are you, we are prepared to action the following threshold. Customers transacting debit card, credit card, Washington, D.C. purchases between 1521-1621. That's scary enough, but then the next bullet point's even more scary. Any, any historical, capital letters, all capitals, any historical purchase of a firearm. You guys asked financial, it's at least Bank of America. We think more. Did you guys ask him? Again, I don't have the full sequence of the back and forth. You've got one, looks like you've got one email that I haven't seen before here. Um, so I don't know that I have the full exchange that this Well, does this email trouble of... you as much as it does members of the Judiciary Committee? That the FBI is asking for every single, I mean, we had members of Congress here that week, first time they're getting sworn in as a new member of Congress, their family in town, and you're sweeping, and they may happen to be a customer of Bank of America, and you're sweeping up every debit and credit card purchase of their family who were in town that week because their, their husband or their dad or their mom is getting sworn in as a new member of Congress. And then you're also saying, overlaying that information with, did you, did this person buy a firearm? And the question is? I'm just nervous about that. Are you nervous about that? As, as I think I've testified before, my understanding is that our engagement with Bank of America uh, was fully lawful. So essentially what he's saying is, is he's not nervous about it. He's going to operate so if it's lawful, that's, that was however he wants. If it's lawful, why did you say we're not going to use these leads? That's what Mr. Jensen testified to when we deposed him the director of the terrorism unit at, at, at the FBI, that's what he testified to. Why did, you, why did you not use the leads if it was lawful to get the information? Well, there are Chairman, it's of, one minute and 18 seconds over time. There, there are 
So this is a very interesting thing to where you're anybody who was in an area without a warrant can just have their bank records without a quorum through a court. No, this is unconstitutional. This is called an illegal uh, search and seizure. Yep. A bank, you can't just say, hey, everybody in the area that's one of your customers, could you send us what they purchased, a gun purchases between the 4th any and the purchase. 5th? Of, uh, uh, of, no, I think, it was, I think it was gun purchases. It says the history of any purchases, but it said, and then including gun purchases. This is insane. I don't care if it's gun purchases. I don't care if it's, you know, clown purchases. You have to get a warrant for people's bank records. Corey Gray says, um, is the FBI looking or working for China? Looks like the FBI thinks they are the communist rulers of the world. God showed me about six months ago, the USA is under a Chinese mind control. Now they reveal that China has mind weapons. They have had them for a long time. Russia has electronic weapons the West has no comprehension of. He said, this guy looks completely scared. If he slips up, he will be killed. This is why only sons and daughters of God can be in these positions. That's so good. Thank you, Corey. That's awesome. So we have a video here kind of breaking that a Democrat state representative um, was, was caught, caught trying to meet up with a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's right here. Yeah, should have known this was going to happen. Oh, dude. Yeah. God damn it. You made the wrong, wrong decision. You made the wrong, and now you want to run. I'm going to get your plates. You want to run from this now. You can call them. Thank you. That's awesome. I have all the chat logs. I have everything. Please call them. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling them on yourself. Disgusting ass, bro. <laughs> Look at him, guys. He looks shocked. Exactly. Shocked not to see a 14-year-old, right? Screen record everything. Everything. <laughs> I'm not a cop. You're not being detained. I do have some questions for you. I want to know why you were here today. Why do you think it's okay to meet a 14-year-old minor off the internet? Why do you think oh, it's boy. okay? You want to just sit here and not say nothing, huh? Yeah. Just know you were going to come here and destroy a kid's life. You literally came, left work. Look at him, guys, in his work. Came here to meet a kid, a 14-year-old. So this was a Democrat state uh, rep who, I don't know if he's actually, I know he ran and it was in the state of Massachusetts. So I don't know if he's actually a state rep. We're going to skip the Carrie Lake one here because she says Joe Biden didn't win. Uh, here we have Kamala Harris saying uh, we need clean energy and electric vehicles to reduce the population. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air. That's not a slip up. That's part of the it. line. That's exactly. the line. I thought she said, population. I thought she meant to say re reduce pollution. No, she, she meant reduce population. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink Although, clean water. Don't you think she did mean when we pollution? I can't tell. Do you think that it said pollution and she thought population? She's reading a script. It's probably a Freudian sl slip, but she probably meant pollution. But both fit. Both fit. Corey Gray would like that clip, and he wants to know um, 
It was a state senator for Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Um, a state rep. State guy rep. running for state house. But he wasn't an actual state no, he's rep. Running. He's running. Yeah. He's running right now. He was running. Yeah, I guess so. He's running. So here we have New Yorkers on Joe Biden after the uh, Coke cocaine deal. You know what they found at the White House? Another underground tunnel. Dead bodies. What? Coke. Is it Diet Coke? They found cocaine. 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 Coke at the White House? What's going on? Clearly a good time. It's a stressful job that you need to release. Legalize crack. Joe Biden is sniffing coke and falling out in front of all our faces. The Biden administration is still investigating who brought it in. Right. What's taking them so long? They don't want to find out. They're doing all that coke that they found. Very, very, very good. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> what are you guys doing? Usually when I don't want to tell my parents something, I just delay. I don't got to talk too much, man. I don't want them people at my crib, man. You think Joe Biden's going to come after you? Nah, he can't come after me. I ain't going to lie. He come after me. I ain't going to lie. He's not going to lie? I ain't going to lie. Why can't they just release the tapes? Then we can figure out who brought the coke in ourselves. It's not going to happen. That's like tattletaling on yourself. Biden, release the tapes. Do it or I'm suing you. I think we have other things to worry about other than whose coke is in the White House. Like what? Um, I don't know. Is that a trick question? They didn't find coke in Trump's White House. What does that tell you? Trump is a smart man. He was the man that knew the whole plan. I'm not going to lie. More of a family man, I feel like. I just think he was just better at hiding it. Mm-hmm. I need water. Help me. I need water. Help. If they found coke in your house, what would happen to you? I'd, I'd probably be uh, in jail. I would be taken to jail. What are we doing? Are we dealing it? Well, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Where the feds at, man? When was the last time you left your coke somewhere? Oh, yeah, I can I can't. I don't think I get it answer that question we um uh but we i don't leave coke i lose coke son of a bitch jesse waters on fox news what do you want to tell him enjoy the beautiful days and stop worrying about whose coke is in the white house it depends on what his issue is i don't know what, what, what's the issue he's got a lot of issues really oh uh... that was hilarious oh my gosh New Yorkers, New Yorkers are a special breed of people. I, that wasn't in, yeah. And I feel like they're all doing coke. They've got to be. Because the, their answers were all like, eh. 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 Mm. Not a big deal. And the one guy's like, I can't answer that. Not like, I've never done coke. Like, I don't do coke. Oh, my God. I like the one girl's question, though. She was like, was it diet? Was it diet? That would be my question, right? That would be my question as well. All right, so I have another um, round of videos. So wait, Anita says, uh, no, she meant population. It's deliberately slipped into everything, subliminal, not subliminal. When people get used to hearing it, they start to believe it and accept it. That's what they're going for. Uh, Virginia says, per FBI request, Bank of America to give them name and numbers of any transaction made on J5 plus 1, even if a charge for a meal or buy t-shirts, I asked Bank of America if it was true and they wouldn't give me an answer. I closed all my accounts. Wow. They asked why. And I said, because they gave personal info yes. out without and getting, yeah. um, well done the, without letting people know. Yeah. So, speak with your wallet. That's really good. Very well said. Debbie says she actually told the truth. It's what the one world order wants to reduce the population. Or our next 
Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, I want to bring up this video, which I find incredibly hilarious to me. This is uh, John Kerry. So would you bring up John Kerry here? John, John, John. Is he such a dinosaur? So does like, he not look like guy? he's had some really bad plastic surgery? Like he doesn't look like himself, but it looks like it's not holding Burt up. Burt Reynolds did. I mean, he did okay. Like it's not it's holding up. Lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. You can't hear him. Believe me. Sure now recognizes. Me. Okay, so he says that he doesn't have a private jet. And he has never owned a private jet. Okay. So Biden climate czar. Now he actually, this climate czar position is brand new. Joe Biden created it. The climate czar. Okay. And <laughs> they have not submitted any financial documents. No one knows where the money is going to fund this. Representative Corey Mills told Carrie, I hope it wasn't too problematic for your operational team and your private jet to get here. And John Kerry couldn't let the comment go without a response. I just don't agree with your take. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And yes, we actually even have websites like LedgeStorm and others that tell exactly who's in our offices. So it's kind of funny that the uh, appointee does not. Whether to import solar panels built on the backs of Uyghur slaves Ooh. is such a tough choice? No, of course not. Not only do I not believe it, but I've raised it in my, uh, 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 my meetings uh, over the years, raised it consistently as Secretary of State. As senator, so you you didn't. You're, you're I, I don't even know where, where I don't know what the context is of the conversation you're referring to, but um, interesting. I'm I'm making it crystal clear. Got it, that, Secretary that Kerry. Uh, you have priority. He talked about. He just talked about um, the fact that solar panels are made by Uyghur slaves, and he's like, I don't know what you're Advertised rapid deployment of PRC solar panels above the human rights of enslaved Uyghurs, the interests of American manufacturers, and the integrity of the Department of Commerce's investigations. What is the benefit of that? I'm not sure. Can you repeat that? Sure. <laughs> I said in my statement that you have prioritized rapid deployment of PRC, which is China solar panels, above the human rights of enslaved he Uyghurs, doesn't even well. the interest of American manufacturing, and the integrity of the Department of Commerce's investigations. Can no, I have never, I have never, ever prioritized bringing in any solar panel that violates the Uyghur Enforcement Act. Can you tell me exactly so, where solar panels and the raw material sourcing comes from? Uh, where and which panels? Name them. Well, there are three major companies that were bringing in panels at one point in time, but most of those panels, the ones that where those companies are from. One, I think uh, a couple were from China. One might have been Vietnam. But but it's my understanding. It's my understanding. Uh, so, but none, none were American price. is what you just basically pointed out, right? So it was China and it was Vietnam, meaning that we're prioritizing the idea of ceasing American energy and going after American energy to prioritize what we already know is an adversarial nation. And, I, and I'm tired of hearing no, this no, no, no. Actually, idea. It's Sir, I'm talking, please. Yeah. Um, sensory strategic competition. I'm sorry that if we're talking about strategic competition, we're talking about the fact that American economy, American industrial base, 
American raw material and supply chain capability and capacity, our own ability to put Americans to work, our own ability to try and drive down inflation. You get what we saying, didn't get to the private jet part. Can we finish that part? The yeah, punchline of that story. Yeah, just a second. During the Mao uh, dynasty. So my whole point is, is that if well, we do all these things and that you they're an adversarial the nation. Oh, you want to say goodbye to the people? I'm going to say goodbye. You can finish the show. Okay. Um, I got a doggy to walk. Okay. So, but tell them the punchline about the, the private jet. I'm not done. Okay. Okay. Bye, y'all. Would we try to go ahead and build them economically and not try to go ahead and try and decouple from China as we should be in an effort to go ahead and build American manufacturers and American jobs and American workers and American economy? Well, we're not, we're not <laughs> trying to uh, build them economically, I can assure you of that. Who's their largest trade partner? Uh, let, me, let, me just, let me just finish. America. Yes, but and plant on the battlefield our chargers for Tesla prior to us deploying into war. But I'll just finish with this. This solar emergency that we keep talking about and the preemptively directed commerce to suspend tariffs on solar imports from four Southeast Asian countries, Malaysia, Cambodia, Vietnam, and Thailand. So There's nothing in President Biden's policy. You get where he was going with the solar panels being made off the back of Uyghurs. Now. He said, I don't own a private jet. I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. We. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go. Oh, really? Well, it turns out. That John Kerry's family has a private jet that emitted over 300 metric tons of carbon since Biden took office. Really? Really? Special presidential envoy for, uh, envoy for climate, John Kerry's family's jet has emitted over 300 metric tons of carbon dioxide since 2020. Kerry's family jet, a Gulfstream GIVSP, has made a total of 48 trips, lasting more than 60 hours and, emis and, and emitting an estimated 715,886 pounds or 325 metric tons of carbon. Uh, it turns out the plane belongs to the Flying Squirrel LLC, which is a charter company owned by John Kerry's wife, Teresa Hines Kerry, in which Kerry reported owning more than $1 million of a stake in his most recent financial disclosure. But you see, he personally doesn't own the plane. His wife owns the plane, and he just happens to have a stake in a charter jet company. Are you kidding me? You are, this is, in, this, is, this is where this goes. This is where this goes. So here is the Obama birthday party, former senator and U.S. special presidential envoy for the climate, John Kerry, was spotted alongside TV presenter and comedian Stephen Colbert. Both men have homes on Martha Vineyard, and John Kerry took a private jet to the island of Martha's Vineyard. Earlier this year, Kerry also de defended Davos elites who fly on private jets, claiming they, quote unquote, offset their emissions. Private aviation is, is an example of something where people are starting to pay more attention. And um, but when, uh, you know, people who go to Davos to talk about climate change fly private, it seems like they don't want to make 
Um, well, they actually, I've talked to them about it. They offset. They yeah. buy offsets, they offset, and they are working harder than most people I know to be able to try. They buy offsets. See, you are not wealthy enough to buy offsets. So you don't get to fly private. Okay. You are not wealthy enough to do this. Mr. Secretary, this uh, in, in exchange with Mr. Mills, you uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record uh, article here from February 15th of 2023 that the John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony that care. you've never I, owned or I personally, family, I your family? personally, yes, my wife owned a plane and stole the you plane. You flew That's on that been, plane? Uh, not in a number of years, and, but I have flown on it, and sure. this article is not then inaccurate, that your family owned a plane, you flew on a plane. There, my Secretary, wife Mr. owned a plane. Secretary, here's the, here's the issue. Yeah. This isn't some kind of partisan gotcha. When we are asking Americans to make serious sacrifices as we transition for the common good, and your family and or yourself are flying around on private jets, that smacks of hypocrisy. It actually hurts your cause, Mr. Secretary, but I'll, I'll move on. But, I but want to know sir, from a record sir, standpoint. Afford me the, the right at least to set the record straight here. I do not fly on a private jet uh, I do. I do not fly. I fly commercially. Have on you flown all on of a private jet since you've taken this position? Just, just let me let me finish. I have flown five times in the last two and a half years on Millair, which you also fly on, sure. and or some of you who travel fly on five times. Otherwise, all of my trips are commercial. Have airlines. you flown on a private jet in a personal or official capacity since you've taken this position? Possibly once. I, I don't, I think, I just don't, I'm, I'm trying to think. Of I, I think you need to take the broader point of how this appears to the American people no, as we're asking them to take that. that. Let me tell you why. Ms. I, you, you we're know, not asking you know Americans, we're not asking Americans not to fly. You know. You're, you're trying to create an unequal thing. We're not no, saying we're asking don't you fly. to lead by example, Mr. Secretary. That no, you're just making it so that I have an air conditioner outside that I can't use and I have to replace it with a $4,000 air conditioner, which I'm not going to do because we're going to just put some window units in because all it needs is a little pump of Freon. But because of your climate stupidity, I can't get that Freon anymore. But you don't have a problem with your air conditioning or your cars or your private jet. This is personal to us. You're getting ready to outlaw wood-burning stoves wood-burning fireplaces, wood-burning cooking in New York City so that pizza places can't make wood-fired pizza so they have to use electricity, which we know is not at this moment at all your green wishfulness. We do know that your windmills out there in the ocean are actually killing the whales. You see, when I was a child, it was save a, ba save a baby, go to jail. Be a hero, save a whale, save a baby, go to jail. We put that bumper sticker on the back of our car and I went to Kings Island and all of my pro-life stickers were taken off the back of our vehicle and it was all about saving the whales but you see they never really care about actually saving the whales or saving lives or saving the environment just like Kamala Harris just said we want to reduce the population which she probably meant to say pollution and maybe she meant to say population I don't know which one was it Okay, so John Kerry over here is saying, well, the elites can use and need to use their uh, 
private jets and it's for the greater good. But you are not one of these elites. You are not smart enough to be one of these elites to offset your carbon footprint. And you know what? The best way for you and I to offset our carbon footprint, in their words, is just to not have any children. So yes, reducing the population is part of their agenda. And you cannot flag this as misinformation because I just played a clip from the vice president of the United States saying that we need to reduce the population. I would like some clarification, Miss Kamala Harris, please. Did you really mean for children to have clean air, we have to reduce the population? Or did you just mean reduce pollution? Because I am with you on reducing pollution. And reducing pollution would mean not using private jets. But you see, John Kerry, we have a picture of you going to Obama's birthday party. Was that a climate summit? Was that somewhere where you needed to go that was very, very important, even on the private jet? No, you have a home which is on an island, an island which you tell me will be flooded very, very soon because of climate change and rising sea levels. But you see, Obama bought a house right there on the ocean, and he's not concerned about rising sea levels. You see, you all own giant houses, and you are telling people in Africa that they shouldn't have air conditioning because you don't want pollution. And you're flying on a private jet. So back to my air conditioner sitting out there that is a perfectly good working air conditioner. It just needs a charge of Freon, but that charge of Freon, which used to be about 50 to 100 bucks, is now 600 to $700. And I refuse to put in a new air conditioner unless I was John Kerry and you wanted to, to fund my air conditioning fund, then maybe I would take it. But you won't because you are a bunch of lying hypocrites. You know what else? It's interesting about John Kerry. You see, he has a nephew. You want to know where his nephew worked? He worked on the same board of, uh, of Burisma as Hunter Biden did. You see, this guy is a quack. He has a science degree. You know what degree he has? Political science. I'm not even joking. He has a political science degree. All right. I know I did that whole rant here with my screen not big michelle let's say go to main screen all right so what do you guys think absolutely hilarious to me i find it hilarious thank you leah for ripping this clown a new one thank you okay you can she's going to cancel me wow these two are certainly brain surgeons oh but bill gates bill gates can now track me can bill gates track you Oh, interesting. Oh, are you um, like a troll? That's cool. Oh, you're a troll. We haven't had those since the YouTube days and we used to have videos that went viral. So I'm so glad you're here. Um, I used to get like the, um, the rape threats and the death threats on YouTube with the radical Islamists. I miss them. Um, I miss the trolls. I got to tell you that we would get troll armies and we used to have to have a lot of uh, monitors. No, please, please keep commenting and please keep watching because you watching increases the view count and your comments just increase the algorithm to uh, say that this is a really great video. So let the calling guy keep commenting because he is helping us increase the algorithm because this is rumble. Thank you, Jesus. We're on rumble. Are you ready to rumble? So you're, you're definitely not going to like the, the next couple videos that 
I have to share, but maybe I can get a laugh out of you. Are you ready to laugh? Hang on. Hang on. Maybe I can get a little humor from you. Don't go anywhere. This might be, you might in, enjoy some little comedic relief. I miss COVID. I know. COVID. Dude, you know what I knew? There was trouble <laughs> when anyone that came to our country didn't have to get a vaccine. And I go, mm -hmm. if you're telling me I can't go to work, but everyone, everyone coming in doesn't have to get one, I go, well, once we found out when Fauci said, okay, I'm sorry, but if you've had two boosters and two vaccines, you can get and give COVID to another guy who's had five vaccines and four boosters. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a vaccine and a booster? I don't know, it's just more vaccine, but booster sounds better. Anyway, a guy with 25 vaccines would get and give COVID to another guy with 25 <laughs> vaccines. That's why I'm introducing the daily COVID shot. Every day you get a shot. By the time you get to your car, you got no immunity. But it's a beautiful 39 seconds. <laughs> now, now you're glad you came to my show. You had to laugh. Tell me that was funny. You know what was funny. I also want to play this clip from Tom Holland. Uh, he's been in the Spider-Man movies. And he actually talks about how Hollywood is not good for the soul and he there are places that he could show up and he doesn't show up and he has had friends get lost to hollywood really do not like hollywood it is not for me the, the business really scares me i understand that i'm a part of that business and i enjoy my kind of interactions with it but that said that said i am always looking for ways to kind of remove myself from it to kind of just live as normal a life as possible today doing this is a very rare thing for me to do yeah i definitely think it has been an ongoing thought which is don't lose yourself mm. i've seen so many people come before me and lose themselves yeah. and i've had friends that i've grown up with that aren't friends of mine anymore because they've lost themselves to this business and i just am really really keen to focus on what makes me happy which is my family it's my friends it's my carpentry my golf um the charity that my mum runs, like that is the stuff that makes me really happy. And that's the stuff that I should protect. My relationship is the thing that I keep most sacred. I don't talk about it. I, I try my best to keep it as private as possible. We both feel very strongly that that is the healthiest way for us to, to move on as a couple. Um, so I do try to keep as removed from it as possible. Like you'll never see me at an award show that I don't have to be at. I'm never going to a red carpet event that I'm not in the film of you know i don't want the attention when i don't need don't need it so he's calling out hollywood there and i would actually like to play dr uh cornell west here on cnn he is a democrat i believe he might be running to primary joe biden uh he is a obviously a lefty but he has some rational thoughts here on ukraine you know how empires behave sister caitlin if russia had missiles in mexico and canada United States government would probably blow them to smithereens because that's how empires behave. We had the same challenge in Cuba in 1962. So what we end up winning with a criminal invasion. And I know some of my left-wing comrades who know it's an invasion. Criminal invasion, but a criminal invasion provoked by the expansion of NATO, which is Ooh. an instrument of U.S. global power. And we have to be able to conceive of a world 
when, when we look at China, when we look at Russia, when we look at Ethiopia, when we look at Haiti, when we look at Brazil, we got to see precious human beings rather than these competitive nation states that are trying to devour more profits, more land, and more territory. Can we conceive of such a world? Can we pursue such a world? I think we have to. What's at stake? The destruction of the species, the destruction of the planet, the destruction of democracies as we know it. But so we're cutting against the grain, but always with a smile. Practically speaking, what would you what would you accept in Ukraine? Like what? I mean, Trump claims he could fix it oh, in 24 well, hours. Could, what would that look like for you? Oh, what I would do, I would bring in the Chinese, the Turks, the African rulers. I would sit down with the Ukrainian leaders and say, we must stop this war, stop these war crimes, the cluster bombs on a variety of different parties and make sure that we begin a diplomatic process for a just peace and that just peace is going to have some serious concessions across the board. Russian troops have to leave. There's going to be debates over the territory. There's going to be some kind of concessions over the territory, but stop the killing. Why? Because the Ukrainian brothers and sisters are precious and they are bearing so much of the suffering with this proxy war between the American Empire and the Russian Federation. So there's responsibility and blame across the board, but the American Empire does bear a significant responsibility yeah. here, even though it's not the sole or exclusive responsibility, and it's in no way a pro-Putin. People say, oh, you must... So, wow, he's running for the Green Party. I just saw that. And here's a uh, Zero Hedge article... Liberals lose it after Cornell West tells CNN that NATO is to blame for the Ukraine crisis. And he calls Just Julian Ukraine. Assange brother. It's a very subversive, dangerous thing when you talk about commitment to truth and justice. You know, Herman Melville, probably the greatest American novelist alongside Tony Morrison and Faulkner, used to say truth is the jagged edge. It comes at others and it also comes at oneself. So if America really wants to know the truth about itself, the settler colonialism, the treatment of indigenous peoples, the slavery, the white brothers, working class subjugated by bosses, women, and so forth. Same is true in our foreign policy. So I had to say, first, Brother Julian Assange, as president, I want to thank you for exposing the truth about U.S. war crimes. And I want to be able to pursue that revelation of that truth to ensure that the United States does not participate, promote war crimes again, never again, or support other nations that themselves are enacting war crimes. And that's why the Middle East becomes very important. Those billions of dollars we give to the Israel. See, it had nothing to do with anti-Jewish hatred, anti-Jewish sentiment. It has to do with war crimes against precious Palestinian people and U.S. planes and U.S. equipment being used for those war crimes. It's a moral and spiritual issue. It would be exactly the same if there was a Palestinian occupation to precious Jewish brothers and sisters. I'd say exactly the same thing, have the same moral intensity, same spiritual intensity. Why? Because it's wrong. And therefore, I... Very interesting. So liberals are upset... Cornell West is one of those legitimate progressives, a real liberal, um, who we're not going to agree on most things, but we can agree on the United States 
committing some war crimes. So this is absolutely incredible to watch the left kind of up in arms over that. So I want to encourage you guys that The Sound of Freedom is getting out there. Uh, Trump is going to screen The Sound of Freedom at his New Jersey Golf Club. That's going to be, uh, I think, director Alejandro Monteverde and Tim Caviezel, or T Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard are all going to be there at the, which one is it? The Bedminster Golf Club. You can see I've never been there. Don't know the name of it next week so that's pretty exciting i am going to sign off here i want to end with a couple statistics nicole sirotech says on twitter i've been working with families who have a child wanting to transition with gender affirming care or who have complications the joint goal is getting them the mental health services they need a common question i ask them is if they have TikTok. If they have TikTok, 100% say yes. Then I ask them how many pieces of pro-transgender content they see within the first few minutes. Anywhere from 5 to 15. And it is run by the CCP. So would you guys like to draw your own conclusions? I have two videos. I am going to play for you after I say goodbye to Facebook. Now, Facebook, we had on Lynette Zhang this week. So I want you guys to go watch that interview. It was absolutely amazing from ITM Trading. She um, graced us with her presence. And you guys want to go and please check out our Rumble channel and watch the interview with ITM Trading. We And if you guys need help with turning over your uh, IRA, your 401k, any sort of your savings to gold and silver, and you don't know how to do that, then call ITM Trading. We have our own phone number. I think it's cool. I know it sounds like an ad, but it's fun to say. 1-866-950-7776. Three sevens and a six. It's so cool. So call them. Say, Resistance Chick sent me. I got money. I know I have, I know you, I know not every, every single one of you has trouble, uh, <laughs> is wondering whether you want to replace a $4,000 air conditioner or not. Okay. I'm, if I'm going to, I'm putting that to, to some silver or whatever. Uh, if you guys don't have a lot, a, lo a lot of savings, I suggest SD Bullion. That's where we get our, um, silver and a little bit of gold when we put, we're putting things aside. But if you guys are, maybe you've, you're retiring or you're in retirement and you're wondering what to do, they can help you transition those IRAs. I know that there's a self-directed IRA that you can um, put into gold and silver, and then you can take a withdrawal without taking so many hits. And they will help you so that your long-term goals are not going to um, require you to take those hits that you're worried about taking, and they can hold your hand through it. And they'll some, some people actually call like five or six times and talk, and they will help you create a strategy of how much am I going to put in land? Should I do this in like solar or water or food and shelter? And how much do I have left over? And what can I put in gold and silver? So uh, you guys know that we advocate constitutional money and putting your savings and your wealth preservation into gold and silver. I, I, I would say if you have, if you're doing for wealth preservation, uh, barter uh, gold, if you're get, grabbing things for barterability, then silver, that's what we do. So please give them a call. Also, we've got... 
uh, organic body essentials here. Uh, Nikki or uh, Vicki Natalis, we're gonna have her back on because we use this and I use it every single day. This is the extreme face cream and she prays over it. It's got all the really expensive, really good oils, essential oils, and it lasts forever. So I love the uh, facial scrub that we ha that we have. And if you guys are looking for products that are actually, they're not really that expensive and you uh, can use our promo code CHICKS when you go to OBE and you can save 5%. Uh, she often does some um, really cool sales and we'll let you guys know about those. My pillow sent me an email. They are they have 50% off the sheets right now. So you guys want to check that out. Use our promo code. Um, don't use the promo code Chicks at, at MyPillow. That's for um, Chicks on the right. Use Resistance Chicks or RC. Promo code RC. MyPillow. Um, the all-season My Slippers closeouts are $25. And then you can get the... Should I take one off and show you guys what I'm always wearing? I just wear the sandals all the time, guys. I love them. I love them. Michelle loves the flip-flops. They're really cool. They're really comfortable. I can take walks in them. Um, I never get any blisters or anything from them, and I've been wearing them a while all summer long. It's kind of just what I wear. And the Giza Dream bed sheets are 50% off, and the 2-inch master toppers are 50% off, so go there and use promo code RC. I'm going to leave uh, Facebook. I love you guys. Thank you for watching all of our videos this week. Please watch the one with Corey Gray. It was powerful ending porn, ending uh, sex trafficking. We did a ton of videos this week. Check out the reels. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Join us on Sundays at 1.30 p.m. for our world news program. We're gonna break down what's happening around the world. Last week, the Netherlands government imploded. Thank you, Jesus. Um, there's much more to cover this week, so we're excited about that. So goodbye, Facebook. And to everybody else, if you stayed with me, I have two videos that are pretty cool, but I'm going to start with this one. Um, it's not cool. Screen share. Here we go. Woo -woo. So Planned Parenthood. Don't yuck, yuck someone else's yum. Everyone deserves the freedom to explore their own sexuality free of shame and stigma. So you've got some bondage, some kitty looking donut looking bondage handcuffs, a whip. And um, is that a hot water bottle? And that looks like a dog toy. I don't really want to know what the bottom two things are. I, I think these are handcuffs, but they don't really look like handcuffs. Uh, it looks like something kids should do. Don't kink shame. So this person says, the more I think about it, the more it's that I'm getting. In the past five years, we've heard more and more stories about young women who have been pressured to accept battery, choking, anal penetration, and other humiliations that men have learned from watching violent and degrading pornography. Planned Parenthood, in lieu of saying nothing at all, has decided to weigh in by telling young women that they should keep their mouths shut and their legs open while their partners want to inflict sexual uh, masochism on them. Uh, pain. Uh, there's subtext in this tweet. If you don't support kink, you don't support Planned Parenthood. Uh, if you don't make your body available to men, then you don't expect a visit to Planned Parenthood for sexual services. I'm not a big fan of Planned Parenthood messaging lately, and I don't really understand why kink is a part of that messaging. Um, the cartoonish S&M symbolism, the whip, the handcuffs, the paddle, 
assuming we're seeing that correctly, invoke the, the S&M scene, out of which you will hear many, many stories of women being pushed beyond their boundaries of consent. S&M is also a uh, popular pornography category. And then we have weird people who say, what about when women want to be choked? I was never comfortable with that, but somebody wanted to be. Um, that is not normal. And um, this is not normal behavior. This is deviant and abusive and Planned Parenthood is literally coming out at, at us like a demon saying we, uh, here we are, demons are here, okay? So that's totally, completely demonic. Speaking of demonic, this is a really cool um, like music video type thing about kind of how they, the people, break us apart and are trying to brainwash our minds. If I was the devil, my first victim will be the kids. From the moment they left their mother's precious wombs and were born, I would condition them to see racial division as a norm. And I wouldn't stop till I've stripped their innocence, divide and conquer. It's the oldest trick in the book of Genesis. And see, as uh -huh. they grew up, I would, I would continue my infiltration. For 12 years, I would steal their hearts and minds from them and call it education. Yep. If I was the devil, my next victim would be women. I'd make old, out-of-touch men control women's bodies and rights. What better way to curse God than to disrespect the very bringers of life? Interesting. Speaking of God, if I was the devil when it comes to religion, I'd put my plan together perfectly. I'd allow you to worship Jesus every Sunday. And on the other six days, I'd make you worship me. In the form of money, fame, lust, and greed to my religion, I wouldn't need to convert you. I'd turn the Ten Commandments to the Ten Suggestions and make virtue signaling more important than virtue. I'd give you just enough religion to hate each other, but not enough to love each other. And for my final evil strategy, I'd make you forget the whole purpose of religion was spirituality. If I was the devil, I, I wouldn't come dressed in a red cape and pointy horns. I'd drive a Lambo, have a pretty face and a Gucci belt on. Basically, I'd take the form of everything you ever wished for and watch you create your own hell. I don't need to torch the earth. And as far as politicians go, I'd change nothing. They're already doing my dirty work. If I was the devil low key, I'd be behind the scenes. You wouldn't have to see me. I would normalize dysfunction and call it reality TV. And in this reality, I would attack your self-worth, making it hard to heal from. I'd show you images of fake bodies and make them more attractive than real ones. If I was the devil, I'd make you pray to technology and idolize those who create it. I'd make clout the number one drug and steal millions of lost souls as they chased it. Now, if I was the devil, I, I wouldn't do it all at once. I'd take my time instead. I'd eat away at your morals little by little, exactly how cancer spreads. Speaking of cancer, if I was the devil, I'd feed you tasty food that makes you ill. Then I'd turn your doctors into drug dealers, selling you pills that keep you coming back instead of truly heal. Yeah, if I was Lucifer, then I'd know life and death are in the tongue. So I'd make your knife and fork your executioner. So you can't achieve higher consciousness if your body is sick. You won't opt for positive information if you have inflammation. If I was Satan, my cleverness would be admired. Why do you think the word inflammation literally means to set on fire? If I was the devil, 
I'd show you how to really flex. I would release pandemics on the world to give people the chance to really care for each other and then sit back and laugh as they exploited and became scared of each other. Basically, if I was the devil, I'd keep doing what I'm doing. God is my witness. I already control your systems. Don't try to fight against this. Because for my last trick, I would make smart people like you doubt whether I ever existed. Wow, that was really powerful. And I'm going to leave you with one more. This one made the rounds this week. The best way to gain control of the most intelligent, powerful species on the planet would be to completely divide them from the love within themselves. As soon as they are old enough to begin creating an understanding of who they are, force them into a system that teaches them that it is wrong to be yourself if yourself is different from what is accepted as normal. Confuse them about their own biological makeup so that they think that permanently altering their body is the answer to happiness. Require their daily attendance at an institution that makes them focus only on the information that is provided. Make them attend that institution from age five until an adult and repeatedly test them on the information so that it becomes their truth. Give them an explanation to everything so that they never have a chance to make their own assumptions of the world. Scold them and humiliate them if they suggest an opinion that opposes that of their authoritatives. Keep reminding them of how cruel their ancestors were to each other in the past and broadcast how cruel they are to each other in the present. Only show them tragedies on the news so that they live in fear and think the worst of one another. Convince them that their species used to be that of an incognizant wild animal. Make them think that their very existence is so incredibly random that they lack purpose and struggle to make sense of a creator. Tell them that their kind is as smart as they've ever been so that they don't question the integrity of the system that they're in. Provide them idols with artificial beauty and use them as examples of what it is to look perfect so that they are never content with their own appearance and can't help but to compare themselves amongst each other. Create addictive digital platforms that rank them by numbers so that they base their self-worth off of the amount of followers that they have and are never satisfied. Build a society around them in which those who have money benefit and those who don't fail. Make money their main focus, but make it so difficult to accumulate that they remain in a place of constant struggle, forced to dedicate the majority of their time to the system that made it this way. Tax them in every way possible, but tell them that it's for their own benefit so that they don't think twice about paying it. Take so much of their time and energy throughout the week, but give them two days to themselves so that they feel a sense of reward and don't fight back. Promote the consumption of poison in every social setting so that even on those two days, they remain disconnected from themselves and each other. Pump their food with excess sugars and addictive chemicals, but make it cheap, advertised, and easily accessible so that they never stop consuming. When their food makes them ill, prescribe them medication that only masks the symptoms so that they become dependent on it every day. Charge them so much money for healthcare so that they stay in a constant loop of consuming, medicating, and working. Cause chaos amongst them and blame it on a group of their own so that they form judgmental stereotypes. Turn them against each other in so many ways so that even if they were to connect on one, they would still be divided by another. Oh, so good. All right, you guys. That's it. That's our show for today. Signing off. Michelle's not here. Feels weird. Let me check if you have any comments. Going to the rumble over here. Where are you guys? Where are you? Michelle's got Michelle knows how to do all the stuff, right? So when I come, oh, there you are. Okay. 
All right. Seattle Public Schools to offer free gender affirming care. Search that unbelievable headline. I enjoyed this video very much, Leah. Thanks again, Leah. I'm getting my name twice in here. Uh, I, I guess I'm the kind of person running the show. Um, I look forward to your News World show on Sunday. You know, you know, you and Michelle and Katie Hopkins are my favorite journalists on the planet, period. Y'all are simply the best. Oh my gosh. We need to meet. Katie Hopkins. We need to have her on our show. Awesome. Uh, shocking video. There's a video here in the link. I'm not sure what it's about. Uh, Mom's talking about historical coins. Mockingjay says, I like historical coins. Do you guys want to see one more fun story since I have you? I thought this was fun and hilarious. And my mom, I don't know if mom saw this. Did you see this, mom? Look at this. Oh my gosh. Let me see if I can see that we're here. Okay, look. A Kentucky man has unearthed this week an astounding cache of Civil War era gold coins from a cornfield on his farm. Among the hundreds are a type of coin that sold at auction for more than $100,000. And there are 18 of them. And I'm like, Lord, the Civil War wasn't fought here in, in my land. I want to unearth a bunch of gold coins. While the extraordinary lucky man's identity and location of his property are still under wraps, his find has been certified by the Numismatic Guarantee Company, which describes itself as the world's largest and most trusted third-party grading service for coins, tokens, and medals. The treasure heap has become an instant numismatic legend christened as the Great Kentucky Horde. The importance of this discovery cannot be overstated, as the stunning number of over 700 gold dollars represents a virtual time capsule of Civil War era coinage. Dude was in his cornfield and found 700 gold coins, including coins from the elusive uh, Dalanega Mint, says rare corn dealer Jeff Garrett, who was tapped to study the coins. Finding one mint condition, 1863 Double Eagle, would be an important numismatic event. Finding nearly a roll of superb examples is hard to comprehend. This is a very short video posted by GovMint.com's YouTube channel. This is the most insane thing ever, and you can see this guy just digging in the dirt. This is the most insane thing ever. These are all $1 gold coins. No. $20 gold coins. No. $10 gold coins. Yes. And look, I'm still digging them out. There's one. No, no. Two, three, no. four, five, six. No, six you didn't. This is real. What in the world? How? Like, did they get dropped and buried? Look, look. The hoard includes a group of, of the finest known 1863 double eagles and hundreds of U.S. gold dollars dated 1850 to 1862, as well as a small number of silver coins. Several interesting varieties and errors were also discovered and the NC NGC in their detailed description of the hoard. Coins from the hoard are being prepared for sale with government.com tapped as the middleman. Here's how the firm summarizes the hoard at a dedicated web page. Uh, the hoard consists of U.S. gold dollars type 1 and 2 and 3. 
with a date range of 1854 to 1862. The gold dollars make up 95% of this hoard. Also found are about 20 $10 liberties with a date range of 1840 to 1862. Eight $20 liberties dated 1857 to 1862. But likely the most amazing discovery is the hoard of about 18, 1863 P, is that perfect? Uh, $20 gold liberty coins, one of the rarest dates in the 20 liberty series. This is a coin that often commands a six-figure price. Um, this should be good for metal detector sales. I would hope that he would keep many of them. Um, they're so beautiful and they represent a treasure and I feel like you shouldn't sell off your treasure. I see if you need a little money, but I mean, if you're, what would I do? What would I do? I'm keeping them as wealth preservation. And if I need like a new air conditioner or something or a new car, then I'll sell one or two, but it's wealth preservation. It's better than putting, listen, dude, listen, dude, your cash is going to worth, be worth less tomorrow than it is today. Now I recognize that in the event of a market crash, some of these gold coins may not have the same extreme collector's value, but you're still going to have the gold value and your dollar is going to crash and not be worth anything. So if you knew what was good for you, and if you believed in God, God just dumped into your lap wealth preservation, and you're going to put your finger up to God and be like, I don't want it. Give me the cash. Oh, Lord, have mercy on your soul. I feel bad for you because that cash is going to go right through your fingers. I guarantee it. Whereas if you had prayed about it and kept it and said, Lord, I'm going to be the banker one day. I'm going to put this, these aside. This is wealth preservation. You just blessed me with my children's future. Okay. Your guy probably doesn't know anything about the stock market. Probably doesn't know anything about everything going to fall soon. So, uh, man, keep it. Definitely. All right. So we're going to see you guys Sunday at 1.30. I don't know if we've got anything planned this week. We did the Flyover Conservatives Red Pill. We did um, the, the Lynette video. Jeez. Uh, oh, my gosh. So go and check those out. Um, and they'll be worth much more later. Um, sell, get money, and then rebuy gold and silver. That is not a horrible idea to sell I, I i guess i could see that buying more using your the the historic value to go buy more gold and silver possibly i think that with such a treasure i would keep them as a value for your family i do believe that they will be valuable forever i think that um those even in a market crash those coins are going to hold their value even more than just plain gold i really do i really do uh, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. All right, you guys. I love you. God loves you. Remember, it's not just conspiracy theory. If they really are sex trafficking, that's for Sam. She said, please end all your shows like that. Uh, if it's not just a conspiracy theory, if it's actually the truth. And we are signing off. Here we go. I'm going to do the ending. Oh, my name.